afternoon. Brock Greenhalch sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. He uh, somehow managed to make his way onto the nice list instead of the naughty list this year. So he gets a few days away from the microphone. No rest for Mr. Farwell, though. This weekend, he is calling three Kitchener Rangers games in four days. So save up your voice, Mike. Uh, Mike will be back in the chair next week. And in the meantime, I'm happy to keep you company. We're live today until 4 o'clock. We've got an amazing show for you today. So keep us on. Give us a call as well. Uh, Devin Robertson is the technical wizard today. And I thank him already for pushing all the right buttons. Uh, To start off the show today, what if all you wanted for the holidays was to see your friends, to be heard, and to have support staff who stay? These are just a few of the issues that Ontarians with intellectual disabilities struggle with on a daily basis. Community Living Ontario has been fighting for the rights and needs of people who have intellectual disabilities and their families for over seven decades now. And I am joined today by Joanne Demick. She's the Director of Stakeholder Relations for Community Living Ontario. And Judy Noonan joins us from Guelph as well. She is the Vice President of the Community Living Ontario Council. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you for having us. I'm so glad to be here. Happy to have no problem. And I appreciate uh, happy. It's it's a great, a great time for you to jump in. Um, I guess the key thing is, Joanne, maybe I'll start with you. Who is Community Living Ontario and, and what's your mission? What's your vision? Okay, so Community Living Ontario is a nonprofit organization. It's an advocacy organization. And as you mentioned, Brock, it has been operating for over 70 years. We um, we work with over 100,000 people with intellectual disabilities and their families and support 117 service agencies all across the province. So in our work, in our advocacy work, we, we fight for the equal rights of people with intellectual disabilities, creating opportunities for full citizenship, and to promote a more inclusive Ontario where everyone belongs. And thank you for doing that, Joanne. That is, uh, that is you're on the ground and uh, that important work, uh, it, it, never, it, it never ends. Uh, the, the hashtag, 5 to survive has been popping up in social media feeds quite a bit lately. Maybe you can walk us through what that hashtag means and why that 5% is so critical right now. Sure, it would be my pleasure. So, and I'm so glad to hear you say that the hashtag five to survive has been popping up because that truly is what we want to see. I just wanted to mention, Brock, that in my role, my current role as Director of Stakeholder Relations, I do work with uh, families and people with lived experience as well as the agencies. But prior to that, um, as an executive, I was an executive director with a community living organization in Perry Sound for over 20 years. And I, I just, I, I want to tell you that because I have never 
seen such a dire situation as we currently have today. Community living organizations in the developmental services sector is facing a financial crisis. We have gone three decades, 30 years, um, without more than a 4% increase in our base funding. So 3.9% funding is the base increase that these agencies have received over the last 30 years. While the cost of living has increased by 60%. Mm -hmm. And I I must share with you that uh, the executive directors that I am speaking to, it is heartbreaking to listen to them. I know that they have taken every opportunity to fundraise and to write grant proposals and to access additional forms of funding, but it simply is no longer sustainable. They have cut all of the costs and and have learned to do more with less, but it's it's gotten to a point where we simply cannot do this anymore. It is unsustainable and in a financial crisis. And 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 we've talked, uh, you know, before. I was I was gaining, uh, looking through some background, and and you know, we're talking about increased in prices. We're talking about not being able to hang on to PSW supports or other supports when people are coming in there. And, and you know, the, the workers that are, that are turning over. Uh, as, you, as you said, this is, this is uh, you've lived it. You've lived it for the last two or three decades. And, and as you're saying right now, it's, uh, it's, it's the worst that you've seen it. Judy, I'd like to get you into the conversation. Yeah. Judy, how does, how does community living help you in your daily life? Well, th- thank you for asking that. As these these workers are so essential for me to be able to live independently on my own. Without them, I'm not that very successful. And they help me with so many things like budgeting, making sure my house is safe, like going grocery shopping, decision making, filling out forms, like anything you can think of that makes you live independently. They are there. Like they were just there for me. Minutes before uh, I got on, I talked to my my support staff and just like, hey, I'm, I'm almost getting on, and they're encouraging me and lifting me up, and just they are the they're the they're the ones that are there when when no one else is there. Like they are the the first ones on the scene for me. That's a great way to put it, Judy, and I appreciate that that, that you've you've said it that way. And and to to both of you, that idea of you know we're we're looking to support people who need some extra help. And when we're faced with financial challenges, and we you know we we take a look at as as Joanne was saying, you know the cuts have been made. We're you're kind of down to that essential piece, and yet we're up against uh, a, a raise in uh, in cost of living. You know, food and groceries and and bus passes and all of those things, those prices keep going up. The supports uh, are, are dwindling. And uh, as, as Judy's saying, she, this, is, this is who she counts on. It keep, they, they help to keep her safe. They, they encourage her to, to live her best life. And it's important that we all take those, uh, those steps and, and, and do what we can. So if I circle back to you for a second, Joanne, I know that the Community Living has made this pre-budget submission to Queen's Park hoping for some help in the 2024 uh, budget. Um, maybe you can walk us through a little bit, Joanne, of, 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 you know, what's the case for investing in developmental services? What, what do they need to hear at Queen's Park? 
Okay, so we have surveyed all of our our member organizations, and at this point, 49% are projecting a deficit within the 23-24 budget year, and that number increases to 68% over the next year. Okay. So it is, it's not an isolated incident, it is systemic, it is across the province. So the, the, the return on investment for government is that these agencies create a safety net. They provide essential home supports, social services, health care uh, for people that prevent people from ending up in long-term care facilities, in hospitals, or even on the street. Uh, there is, um, there are far too many people living in hospitals right now. And it's simply uh, the case that there isn't uh, enough funding within these organizations. And that is why it's hashtag five to survive. We are at that point. It is, uh, it, it is a financial crisis, and we need that 5% to keep the lights on, to keep the doors open. And although this funding is for agencies, we've also uh, submitted uh, the 5% increase for passport funding, as well as special services at home. So agencies desperately need it, but they need it to be able to deliver those those services which without those, the greatest impact will be on people who use the services and their families. Absolutely. And, it, and it's, they, go ahead. Go ahead, Joanne. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, if there's a closure of the day program, people are not going to be able to see their friends. Right. If there is uh, a reduction That's in transportation, right. which is critically important in rural areas, people are going to be isolated and we know that people on disability pensions live in poverty, but often these service agencies help minimize those risks. And without them, the impact is going to be frightening. And, and, and you're right. It's not hashtag five to thrive. This is just to keep the, the, the lights on, keep your nose above water. What can our listeners do right now to help convince the province that uh, this 5% boost is a good way just to get started? Good question. So they can go onto any social uh, platform, social media platform, and put in um, hashtag five to survive. They can also go to our website, Community Living Ontario, or um, contact your MPP. Let them know how important this issue is. Um, and uh, there, there is a letter. We've, we have over 2,200 letters that have gone out from hashtag five to survive. So send, send a letter or, or go on to the Ministry of Finance 2024 budget consultation website and, and make the recommendation that developmental services needs five to survive. And I'll tell you, listeners, it is, it's, it's simple. If you get onto the Community Living uh, website, it says, make your voice heard, five to survive. Right now, there are, the, the goal is to reach uh, 10,000 people to sign up. It's sitting at 2,189. So my challenge to you, 
570 listeners, is to get out there today, take a minute, take 30 seconds, fill in the form, and and send this off to uh, to your local MPP. Add your it's voice so to easy. it. It's so easy, Brock. All you got to do is you just got to put your name, your last name, your email, and your postal code. That's it. The letter's written and click. And and, and and the idea, Judy, right, like if we, we can get as many people to do this, we know what happens at Queen's Park is that nothing happens until people start, <laughs> <laughs> until people start rattling, uh, rattling things and saying, look, hey, this is, this is important for us. And it, 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 if it just sits on the back burner, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't do anything for anybody. But I think it's important for us to get that out there. Yeah. People fall through the cracks when nothing happens. And and then it becomes the story where you know it's the sad story where you know and and we it could have been avoided and that's the key thing uh for us to uh, to keep in mind. Um the recent ad campaign asked this question, what do people with intellectual disabilities want for Christmas from either of you? What's the best answer for that to that question? You want to go ahead, Joanne? Or do you want me to go? You you start, Judy, and I'll I'll um, join you. My I would love it if Pars, um, Michael Parsa, Honorable Michael Parsa, would give us the five percent to survive, or even more. And I would also want what I would love is I would have a worker who knows me because yeah. there's so much turnover that the workers we always are getting new workers and or no workers, and so yeah. That would be my 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 wish. That's a great wish. Yeah. What else? What else have you got? And I would I would just add that people want to be heard and respected and valued as full citizens. They want to live um, an ordinary life in community, but they need those supports for full participation and for full citizenship. And and to and. The services that community living organizations offer um, go way beyond that. They are a lifeline. They are that Mm -hmm. safety net for people. They keep people healthy and well and living in their community. Well, let's, let's see what we can do. All right, and that's my that's my pledge. There's, uh, I, I, you know, I've got a personal connection to this story as well too. So it's important for me to uh, to see this happening. Uh, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show. It was uh, it was a quick turnaround, but I think I think it worked out really really well. Hopefully, the folks at Queens Park hear the message loud and clear when that uh, when that you know the the report gets to them and and the budget gets set. Um, Brock, do you have uh, Mike Parks' phone number that you could just phone him up? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I've got the internet right in front of me. Let me see what I can do, and I, I will. Uh, I'm writing his name down right now. Now, and it, if, if you can even ask your people in the in your studio or out there, just to you know, five seconds to you know help us. That's what that's we're going to do that, and and we're going to yeah. keep reminding people of that as well too. Uh, Judy and Joanne, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much, Brock. Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. I was going to say. Too. Yeah, better better year ahead. 2024 is going to, things are going to turn around and we're going to do what we can do. And as we said before, hashtag 5 to survive. Anybody out there with social media presence, throw that up on your social media presence. Get people to sign in and uh, and and take a look. I'm going to keep coming back to that uh, to the goal. What did I say? 21, uh, 2189 is where we were at the beginning of the conversation. 
And um, uh, yeah, we're 10, let's see what happens. Yeah, we want to get to ten thousand. The goal is ten. So yeah. we're we're twenty percent there. Uh, it's like the telephones, you know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. And and I, I I for me, I'm just I'm I'm the fill in. I'm I'm here for today and tomorrow. But what I'll do is I'll, I'm also going to put a a little bug in Mike Farwell's ear, who's the who's the host of the show, uh, to reach out with you to you in uh, in the new year as well. Too. How does that sound? Awesome. That's perfect. All right. Thank you so much. More That's what we're going to do. Get, the and more awareness and education out there, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That was Joanne Demick, the Director of Stakeholder Operations, uh, Relations rather, for uh, Community Living Ontario, and Judy Noonan, Vice President of the Community Living Ontario Council. Community Living Ontario is calling on all residents to add their voice to the collective and demand a 5% increase in funding to Developmental Services Agency core funding, as well as passport and special services at home. So if you search up hashtag 5 to survive as of this afternoon, just over 2,000 folks who have signed on. I'm one of them, and I know Devin's feverishly uh, typing away over there as well, too. The goal is 10,000. So throw that hashtag up on your social media platforms. Share the word with family and friends. Help make an impact. Uh, We do need to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll take your calls. Uh, Let's hear if you were on the nice or naughty list. Right? Give us a rundown of the rest of uh, today's show. We'll do that as well, too. It is going to be a doozy. Give us a call. 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. Or toll-free 1-800-570. 570-5715. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. This simply is no longer sustainable. They have cut all of the costs and have learned to do more with less. But it's gotten to a point where we simply cannot do this anymore. It is unsustainable and in a financial crisis. That was Joanne Demick. She's the Director of Stakeholder Relations for Community Living Ontario. She, along with Judy Noonan, joined me to talk about hashtag 5 to survive. Uh, the, they're demanding that there be a 5% increase in funding to Developmental Services Agency core funding, as well as passport and special services at home. If you have your own social media platforms, and I know some of you do, Search up hashtag five to survive, fill out the form, send it on its way. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for Mike Farwell. Uh, how have your holidays been? Do you feel a little need to rant or rave? What's on your mind? You've got lots of opportunities to do that today. Let me tell you, though, the rest of the show today, coming up just after 1230, I get the chance to chat with the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, Rob Thompson. So looking forward to that chat. Later this afternoon, we're going to talk uh, with documentary filmmaker Brock Kirby. Ian Hunter, the Blue Jays Hunter, will be on with us at 1.30 as well. Starting off the second half of the show today, we phone down to Tampa, Florida, where it's raining, just like it is here. And we're going to chat with a traveling food dude, Adam Vosding, who stepped away from corporate life, scooped up his furry pal Holland, and started trekking across North America, documenting his life as he goes along. Uh, then at 3 o'clock this afternoon, social media influencer extraordinaire and Stratford resident... Brittle Star will be on to talk about his new book and plans for 2024. And then, 3.30, David Schooley stops by for a chat as the KW Titans kick off their season this Saturday. 
All you need to do is sit back and relax and enjoy. And don't forget, you can call in as well, too. 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell. Toll free, 1-800-570-5715. We are coming to the bottom of the hour, so we will take a quick break and get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, former Corona resident and current manager of Major League Baseball's Philadelphia Phillies, Rob Thompson, joins us. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalch sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. He's off today and tomorrow. He'll be back behind the mic next week, though. He's also a busy man. He's going to be calling three kitchen arrangers games over the next four days so no rest for mr farwell i've been looking forward to chatting with my next guest for quite some time rob thompson born in sarnia raised in corona was a key player for the stratford nationals in the ibl he holds the school record for highest season batting average for the jayhawks at the university of kansas he was drafted back in 1985 by the tigers represented canada in the 1984 olympics uh, since 88, he has stayed with the game, first coaching with the Tigers organization. Then he spent 27 years with the Yankees. Um, then decided uh, he moved on to Philadelphia five years ago, where he started off as the bench coach. And then just a few 19 months ago, took over as manager of the Phillies. In that time, he's led the Phillies to the 2022 National League pennant. Got to the World Series, then followed that up the next year with another trip to the N- uh, the NLCS two months ago. And then three weeks ago, the Phillies extend his contract through the 2025 season. The man just can't seem to get away from baseball. And I have a feeling that's the way he likes it. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brock. Thanks for having me. That was a nice interview. <laughs> Listen, I, I, as I said, so uh, so excited to be able to talk with you. It is obvious to me and to many other people that the Phillies organization has faith in you. Um, in, in past interviews, you've said the goal is always to win the World Series. So heading into the 2024 season, a lot of the same puzzle pieces from last year falling into place as well. Where's your confidence level right now with the team? Well, right now, extremely high. Um, you know, I, it was very disappointing last year, well, the last two years, because you're always disappointed if you don't win a world championship, because that's that's why we play a game. But um, the first year when we got to the World Series and got beat by Houston, we weren't really expected to be there. And we, you know, we came from really, started off really poorly and ended up really strong, got into the playoffs and get the World Series. Now, last year, um, I felt like, you know, um, when we got past Atlanta, I felt mm-hmm. like we had a really, really good shot at winning the entire thing. I thought we were talented enough, and I, I think we still are. We haven't, um, you know, we haven't really lost anybody per se. We've lost a couple of guys free agency, but our core guys are back. Um, we're really talented. Um, they, our guys compete at the highest level every day and they have a lot of fun doing so it's it's a great time to be a Philly right now and I I think it's gonna I think it's gonna last for a while I really do you mentioned that that idea of the returning core so you've got Bryce Harper back you've got Kyle Schwarber you've got Trey Turner Uh, is there one go-to guy for you in the clubhouse or does it does it change as the season goes on 
Yeah, and I think it depends on who it is and and, um, and what the situation is at the time uh, with the ball with the ball club because we have we have a lot of different um, leaders in that club clubhouse and and they all lead in a little different way. Some guys just um, you know get, some guys are very vocal, especially when the team is playing well, and some guys are very vocal when the team is playing bad, and they have. You know, good messages. So Absolutely. we got a lot of those guys. We're, we're very fortunate for that. So you lean on different guys at different times of the year. Uh, Aaron Nola has recently re-signed with the team. So you've got this potent pitching lineup with the likes of Wheeler and, and Walker and Suarez. Do you do you have a wish list, a little holiday wish list for any uh, any new faces to show up and fit in that bullpen? Well, you know, I, I think when we went into the winter meetings in, in uh, Nashville a few weeks ago, really our goal was to to improve on the edges of the ball club. Mm-hmm. So our core is set. Um, if something falls in our lap that sounds good or a trade that's good for both sides, maybe that happens. And if nothing happens, um, you know, there's always guys available as you go in, as you get closer to spring training. But if nothing happens. I'm fully confident in, in the in the talent that we have in our club. Uh, you just mentioned the winter meetings wrapping up earlier in the month. Uh, you've got a few days right now to catch your breath, but uh, we were talking yesterday. Uh, you head back down to Philadelphia for for some community uh, development projects. What do, what does that look like for the team? Uh, as far as the the winter caravan, you're asking. About? Yeah, what what uh, what can how, how do you how do you get involved in in the community down there, and and uh, what what happens well, with the winter carnival or the winter uh, caravan rather? Yeah, so it's a, a thing, a, a Philly tradition. I think the Blue Jays have it. A lot, I think a lot of teams have it. They go out in January and just sort of stir up some interest in the club, and and we do some really good things in the community. You know, um, feed homeless people um go out and see kids uh in schools and um you know just just sort of help people out and and, you know raise their spirits in whatever way we can and 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 hats off to you for doing that because we know that uh, that that has a huge impact especially with with people on on the fringes and 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 you know maybe in some dire straits as well too uh, coming back to that idea though and 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 the idea of community and the idea of of, of fan base for example you spend 27 seasons with the Yankees, and then the, fa- the, the the last five years in Philadelphia, you've got these two storied franchises with very passionate fan bases. What's it like to yeah. deal with that kind of pressure and expectation from the city and its fans? Well, I think it's stuff that's um, all those things I talk to the players about a lot. It's, that's all stuff that you can't control. You, right. can't, you can't control what other people say, what other, what other people report. Well, what other people's expectations are. All you all you can do really is you have your own expectations, and uh, mine are pretty simple. Um, you respect the game, uh, you prepare, you compete, you are selfless, and you have a lot of fun while you're doing. It. If we do that, we're we're going to be good. And all the I always tell them all the outside expectations. That's just noise. You know? Right. And, right. You know, people have different opinions, and and they're all good. And and um, you know they're. They're allowed to have opinions, so we just got to stay focused on on the task at hand. 
I like I like how you worded that that idea of the of the noise and that you can put that in the background. Uh, back in 2021, y- you let folks have a little glimpse behind the scene at spring training, and there was a video uh, that came out showing you showing up at six in the morning. You're making sure the lights are on. You're making sure the doors are open as well uh, in that <laughs> ro- in that role as as bench coach. Are you still that guy, Rob? Um, not quite as much. So, so our bench coach. Uh, <laughs> Our bench coach, Mike Kalitri, is, you know, we've worked together for the last four or five years because he was, he was on, uh, he did a lot of stuff for our prep. He led our prep team for our team, uh, for the club. So um, now he does a lot of that stuff and he's really good at it. And I get there, I still get there early. I'm, I, you know, I like being at the ballpark. I, I'm not a real good, I don't really work well from home. So <laughs> if I, if I'm doing something. I got to go to the ballpark to do it. Well, I had to laugh because in the video you're, you've got your mask on, and I'm like, I, I don't even want to remember those days. So that's, uh, that, but oh, it's. I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 people have said that you have one of the best minds in baseball, Rob. You you analyze, you watch, you juggle, and you manage to get the best out of your players. Do you spend a lot of time? looking back and analyzing previous games are you the kind of person that looks forward or are are you doing both all the time yeah i think we're doing both all the time you know i i think you always have to do kind of a post-mortem on on every decision you make during the course of the game and and learn from it And, and you can't shy away from um making the same decision tomorrow that may not have worked today um you know, so so you have to be, be firm with that, and you have to be honest with that, and don't let don't get caught up again in things you can't control, and and what people say, and whatever pressure is being put on you, you can't worry about that. But I'm I'm always looking at um, you know decisions every day, whether they're good or bad, good or bad, um, and make sure that um, you know we made the right decision. Uh, so. Um, and as far as the pitching staff, you know, you got to, we always talk about it, the pitching coaches and I, you've got to win today. You know, it's the big leagues and it's all about winning, but you still have to have a nose towards the next few days. Yeah. I mean, you can't run through your pitching staff every day to, to win that particular day because eventually you're going to run out of pitchers. Right. <laughs> you're going to have more days and not enough arms. Uh, two years right. ago, the rumors started to swirl a little bit that you might be ready to retire. You'd mentioned in an interview that you're not a big fan of when things get stagnant, but then things change. The manager role becomes uh, uh, available, uh, and now you've got a contract extension through 2025. Are those thoughts of retirement long gone now? I think so. You know, um, I always tr- my wife and I have been married for 35 years, and uh, I always told her when I first started in this business that, you know, I wasn't going to be in it till I was 70 years old yeah. or 75. I'm going to, I'm going to get out early, uh, you know, when I can still move around and we can still move around and, um, you know, see the world and travel and do, do some things that, um, that she wants to do because she sacrificed a lot, uh, raising the kids and whatnot. So, right. um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm having a lot of fun right now. So as long as I'm doing that, I'm good. But, you know, again, I'm not. I'm not going to be in it uh, 
I'm not going to be in it uh, for the for 15 more years or anything like that. Well, and 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 I you, you need some time for you and Michelle. That's important that uh, that you get some time for that. You mentioned that idea of of family. Um, uh, the Phillies get to see the Jays a few times in spring training. Then there's four games total throughout the season. Uh, when the Phillies come up to Toronto, is that like old home week for you? Or a lot of friends and family make their way to the ballpark to see you? Yeah, a lot of friends and family. You know, so it's 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 time consuming because you want to see everybody, and yeah. you don't get to see um, you know friends and family all the time during the summer. So try to see as many people as we can. But yeah, usually there's there's a pretty good group there. The and I the, just shift gear a little bit here too. The moniker Philly Rob or Topper. I'm guessing you you wear both of those with pride. Do you? <laughs> yeah, they they love uh, giving the nickname up in uh, Philly, but yeah, I I really don't. You know, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. To tell you the truth. All right, last question. I get this is my and and it's got it's a doozy as well too, Rob. What's it like to be the guy who gets to tell Bryce Harper what to do? <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a loaded question. I do. You, do you have his ear? I got a feeling you got his ear, though. Oh, I think yeah. We have all of us have a really good relationship. This is a really good group of guys. Yeah, uh, it really is. Um, and we work well together. Um, I listen a lot, um, and I, you know. Uh, I feed off of what players, the information players give me, and how they're feeling, how they're, um, you know, how they're being treated. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're the best organization in baseball. So we got to listen. Um, I, I think there might be Bryce's mother and father might be the only people that can tell him what to do. Uh, but uh, but I, having said that, we have a great relationship, and he's he's really smart, and he helps out a lot. And and uh, I was I was just you know looking at that lineup and thinking man oh man nobody nobody wants to play up against the Phillies but uh, it, and and that's just uh, it's an amazing testament to uh, to all the work that uh, that that organization has done and and you're you're a key part of that the other the other thing that I, I maybe I throw one more question in there as well too we're 48 days away from the pitchers and catchers having to uh, make their way down to Clearwater when do you head down there I'll go I go down every year for however long I've been in the business. I go down February 1st. Um, our report date uh, for pitchers and catchers is February 14th. So I got a couple of weeks to really get prepared. And the bench coach, Mike Kalitri, who I mentioned earlier, him and I will spend a lot of time together in that two-week period just to make sure that we're um, everything's organized, all the T's are crossed, and all the I's are dotted. So um, got plenty of time. That's good. That's good to know. Rob, this has been a thrill for me. Thanks so much for giving us some of your time today. Anytime, Brock. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I, I knew when we had connected a few years back that uh, I wanted to have a chance to uh, to chat with you again. So, again, thanks for giving us some of your time. And uh, all the best to uh, to you and your family as you, as you head into 2024. Same to you, Brock. Thanks very much. All right. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the next few days. That was Rob Thompson manager of Major League Baseball's Philadelphia Phillies, class act. Uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take some of your calls. 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, toll free 1-800-570-5715. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener.
we want to make sure that you know we're the best organization in baseball. So we got to listen. I think there might be Bryce's mother and father might be the only people that can tell him what to do. But I, having said that, we have a great relationship, and he's he's really smart and he helps out a lot. That was manager of Major League Baseball's Philadelphia Phillies, Rob Thompson. I asked him uh, what it's like to be the guy who gets to tell Bryce Harper what to do, and he uh, he graciously said that uh, Bryce's mom and dad really probably are the ones who uh, who can do that. But uh, hats off to Rob for uh, for jumping in and uh, and and giving us some of his time today. Nineteen months ago, he becomes the manager of the uh, the Phillies, and in that short amount of time, uh, takes them to the World Series. His first year there takes them to the NCL or the uh, NLCS uh, this past uh, October. And uh, three weeks ago, they, they extend his contract through 2025. So he is, uh, he's going to be sticking around Philadelphia for a while. I have a feeling. And, and we, we were talking at the end about the, uh, there at one point rather about the idea of retirement. And um, he's not ready to do that yet. He's, he's, he's having fun. He talked about the, the, the fact that expectations that he has for his guys uh, on that team, Respect the game, be selfless, um, have fun, and have uh, have those high expectations for yourself as well, too. So happy that we had a chance to chat with him as well, too. And uh, we know he has some local connections. He's got family in and around the Stratford, uh, Stratford area and uh, and uh, was, a, uh, was born and raised down around the Sarnia area as well, too. So great, uh, great chance having a uh, great opportunity, rather getting a chance to chat with him. Give us a call, 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell. You can call us toll-free as well, 1-800-570-5715. I think uh, maybe a lot of people are, uh, you know, thinking that we're this is a recorded show. It's not. It's live. It's 12.53 on a Thursday afternoon. Give us a call. What's on your mind? What uh, anything exciting happening as you you wrap up twenty twenty three and head into twenty twenty four? Looking ahead to the rest of the show today, we have a documentary filmmaker Brock Kirby, great name. Uh, he is going to be joining us just after the one o'clock news to uh, to talk about uh, documentaries that he has worked on over the last couple of years and what is uh, what he's going to be working on in uh, in the new year as well too. We'll also have a chance to chat with Ian Hunter, the Blue Jay Hunter. He's either going to be live in studio or he's going to call in. Um, either way, excited to talk baseball with him as well, too. As I had said with uh, with Rob, 48 days away until the pitchers and catchers show up. You look outside right now and you're like, ah, I could use a little baseball in my life right now. We'll talk more baseball with, with Ian at 1.30. Um, Later on in the show, 2 o'clock this afternoon, we're going to call down to Tampa, Florida and have a chat with Adam Vosding, a.k.a. the traveling food dude. Spent the first part of his uh, his life living in London, Ontario. Pulled up his stakes, moved with his family down to Florida. And what an amazing story he has for us. And we'll hear that story at 2 o'clock. Um uh, We've got some other things going on. We're going to have uh, to give you a chance to kind of give us a, a little review, a year in review. What to, what did twenty twenty three mean to you? Do you want to put it in your in your rear view mirror? Right? Do you want to move on to twenty twenty four? We're going to talk with uh, Brittle Star as well at three o'clock and three thirty today. We're going to have a little chit chat about KW Titans. But in the meantime, 
Keith is on the air. Keith, what's on your mind today? I thanks, Brock. That's great that you're able to get um, Rob Thompson on the on the show. I, I'm just surprised that we we don't know more of us don't know this name, given that he's he's coaching one of the top teams in baseball, and coming from the the Yankees organization, the Phillies organization. I I, I had to look up his resume as the show was on. It's so impressive. It is. And and you've got the, and thanks for the call, Keith. You've got that, uh, I don't know if it's the, the Canadian aspect of it where, you know, you're Canadian, so you kind of play those things down. But uh, interviews that I had uh, seen with, with, with him before, with Rob, you know, people talking about that idea of, one of the great minds of baseball that, that from that analytical standpoint um if you watch any of the games he, rarely do you see him come you know out of the dugout and and kicking and screaming unless it really is is needed uh he is a student of the game and uh, goes way back to the 1980s when he was playing ball actually in the IBL he played for uh for the uh the Stratford team back in uh, in the 1980s played some college ball in Kansas um Played some minor league ball as well too in the uh, the Tigers organization, but really found his niche, uh, you know, on the other side uh, of the uh, you know, from that from the coaching perspective. I know that his players have got the utmost respect for him, and he uh, he's as I said, he's a student of the game. He uh, if you get a chance to watch this video, it was 2021. He was the bench coach at the time, and they did this kind of behind the scenes look at uh, what life is like. Um, at spring training. And and he's the first guy there right now in that role as bench coach. Maybe it changes a little bit when you're the when you're the manager. But he knows he he he's he look at uh you know whiteboards in his office and he's looking at things all the time and uh being able to to pull in information and knowing, you know, who's who's got rest days coming up and all of those things, all those pieces that he's able to juggle. Uh great uh, great guy to talk to and uh lucky for us someone who was uh, willing to give us a little bit of his time today as well too um you know moving through the rest of the day today it's uh maybe i'm maybe i is, is the term fanboy is that a real thing is that would that apply to me i don't know I, I i'm getting a chance to talk to a bunch of people that i find interesting and i think have an interesting story and it's just really worked out that that first piece that we did uh getting people to uh to to help out with a hashtag uh, five to survive campaign um that's that's something that can't be in the back of our minds. We've got to make sure that we uh, we get up there, and um, we're steadily increasing that number. We're up by one, two thousand one hundred ninety. So someone out there, other than me, other than Devin, hit the hit the send button. So get the get that out there. Hashtag five to survive. Five percent. That's not as I said, not to thrive, but five percent just to help keep those uh, community living supports where they are and hopefully give them a little, you know, boost them up a little bit. That's all we can, that's all we can help for right now or, or hope for right now. Uh, we are coming to the top of the hour. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, documentary filmmaker Brock Kirby. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Many unsung heroes. Some of these stories have been tucked away in attics forgotten, undiscovered, or never known to the general public. These brave individuals belonged to the greatest generation of mankind and must be remembered. Their sacrifice must not be lost or forgotten for what they had done for us and freedom we get to enjoy because of them.
Brock Greenhalch sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. You just heard a clip from the documentary, The Mighty Spits, Allies Above Clouds. Brock Kirby hails from eastern Ontario. By day, he works for the municipality of Centre Hastings. By night and on weekends and holidays and any other free time, he works away crafting and editing and researching and sometimes acting in documentaries. His focus has been to raise the awareness of local World War II heroes. Uh, Over a million Canadians served in World War II. The latest estimates tell us that number has now dwindled to less than 8,000 people who are still alive. And uh, he likes to, uh, to take the time to document those stories. Welcome to the show, Brock. Brock, you're there? Yes, I am, yes. Good morning. Good, good, afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Thanks so much for, for giving us some of your time today. We just heard a little clip from uh, the Mighty Spitz, Allies Above the Cl- Above Clouds. And uh, thanks, first of all, for, for joining us, and, and thanks for doing what you do as well. Well, thank you, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to be on uh, air with you today. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a great, deep passion for myself, and... Uh, I just love to share with other people, so it's huge. <laughs> your first documentary, In the Footsteps of a Hero, that came out back in 2018, and you were honoring your great uncle, Stuart Kirby. How did you get started on such an amazing project? Well, honestly, to be, with you, to be honest with you, Brock, it started from grade eight. So I had a little project, and we kind of did something about a hero. So that's how it kind of really started. So since then... Um, I've had a huge passion uh, instilled from my, my, my family that are just truly a passion about, you know, family time. And, uh, and I've always had a question, who is the medals that belong to my great uncle? Right. Yeah. And with that, I, you know, researched and uh, continued to kind of dig into his history because I knew he unfortunately passed uh, during the Second World War. Um, just the amount of documentation and photos and stuff that I've been able to uncover is just phenomenal. Just, you know, um, you know, working with libraries and uh, family members that hold, you know, photos and log books and just being able to research um, his time and what he did on the short time on earth. I, I would think it's almost like a rabbit hole. You get started down something, you find one piece and then you're, you know, it leads you to the next thing and the next thing. And, it's, it, and then all of a sudden you look up and hours have gone by and, <laughs> and but you've, you've been, you've been uh, involved in that process. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like a puzzle piece that, you know, I may be missing a few pieces and you're trying to find those pieces and, uh, yeah, it really, uh, like you said, the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> if we fast forward five years, the Mighty Spitz, Allies Above Clouds, that comes out to rave reviews. You uh, you worked on this project with Brian Long, and you, you the two of you had worked back together uh, in 2018. How did the two of you connect, and, and what keeps you uh, working together even now? Well, the thing is, uh, Brian Long, he's a school teacher in uh, Maydock here, um, and I, I never had the opportunity to have him as a teacher, but uh, he's a fantastic teacher. He's in the radio broadcasting as well before becoming a teacher and a fill-in radio host as well. Um, so he had a deep passion. He started doing documentaries, and uh, he's really the one that really sparked me uh, to get into this uh, uh, endeavor. And then as well, I've been researching uh, a lot of our First World War, Second World War 
veterans, uh, let alone my great uncle, uh, wow. since since then. So he kind of approached me and, hey, I'd like to you know work on a documentary with you. And uh, so I didn't want to be. Uh, Let's just say I, I know I've worked on my great uncle, and I, I didn't want to necessarily be the center of attention for that. That's right. not who I am. Yep. So I I, I did um, I researched 101st World War, uh, 151st World War for Canada 150. So wow. I you know I approached them with that idea and some of the key figures that you know have remarkable stories, and then as well as some of the Second World War. But then I kind of saved the the, la- the good one for last, and I, you know, I was like. Uh, you know, you can sit on this for a few days, and within a couple of hours, like your your package uh, for, for um, information, photos, documentation is what really makes documentaries. So he's like, "Yeah, we're doing that." And then I swear, within the first couple of weeks, we're out going across Ontario and uh, you know just researching and digging into stuff and piecing together a film. Um, so that kind of connection kind of really stuck together and we we uh, complete the second documentary as you mentioned well and 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 you know hats off to the two of you guys because i know that these these projects they're done on your spare time you're both working at other jobs when and and how do you find the time to devote to to doing these things i mean these i they're labors of love obviously and <laughs> and you're you're talking probably a couple of years before you you can finally get to that end end product yeah, so the the mice bits uh, took a little longer. Uh, it, it was an hour film, and uh, yeah, just the amount of digging, I, you know, connecting with families that served with this one pilot. So Bud Loveless was our our documentary subject. He was a Spitfire pilot and a reconnaissance Spitfire squadron. So he he was equipped with a Spitfire plane with uh, no guns, no camera. Or, sorry, no no guns, no cannons, uh, only equipped with a camera and as well as uh, um, a wingman. So he was very, you know, just the odds that he went against. Mm-hmm. He was shot down in Hamburg um, in 1945, just the tail end of the war. And uh, I've connected with his wingman's family and uh, Rob uh, Cutting. He, he's from uh, Hamilton area or Burlington area. Mm-hmm. So he voices grandfather's report and, uh, you know, just connecting with so many people to make that product happen uh, is just unreal. And uh, it was a, really, truly a community-built product. You know, filming in my great or my uncle's farm, uh, I worked with a guy who had a side-by-side uh, motorcycle, which um, Bud was captured by the SS. Right. And um, uh, a veteran from Balboa, he was an Airbus uh, pilot in Afghanistan. And he had a 1930s Oldsmobile, and we recreated some of the photos and stuff. Uh, I swear you'd never tell if it was uh, taken in 1940 or now. So uh, just like just unreal, just how many people played a huge part. You know, voicing like yourself, you you played a big role, voicing and just working with people you know. And we had no budget at all. No, it was all out of pocket and just kind of the generosity of people just kind of helping out and 
yeah, making that happen. Well, and, and, and like you're saying, it's, it's that sort of community uh, pull together. I would think that it's not always easy to, to track down like that archival footage that you really, really need. So when, when, uh, when push comes to shove, you, you, uh, you look around you and say, okay, well, how else can we, can we do this section? I mean, if I've watched the documentary, there's, you know, it, you've knitted it together so, so, uh, so well. Uh, and, and it, it, it did, uh, it, you know, the, the response that you got from, from the people in, in Eastern Ontario is very, very, uh, very, very positive. And, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where it, that same story could be told over and over and over again in, in, you know, communities across the country. As I, as I said at the beginning, you know, over a million Canadians served in World War II, and now we're down to less than 8,000 of those people still around. How important is it for all of us to remember their sacrifices and their stories? Oh, like you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. There's, you know, there's so many remarkable stories out there that have not even been told or brought to surface. And, uh, you know, this is just you know, an example. These are just one or two documentaries. Those are just representing two people. And, you know, there's the millions and millions of other stories that are out there. And it now it hurts me as just an individual. I can't tell every story, but if, you know, if I could tell a few here stories that you know that gives me some peace knowing I, I try to do what I can to remember their sacrifice and continue their their honor of what they've done for us and let alone Canada and you know rest the world so uh, truly important to remember absolutely and, and and again hats off to you uh, for doing what you've done I know that the the one video is available on Vimeo uh, the uh, you've also got uh, your earlier uh, uh, work is is on YouTube. Um, are there other places people can go to find it, or is that the is that the best place to go if they want to sit down and uh, and I and encourage listeners to do that? Take some time and watch these documentaries. Uh, as as uh, we're talking here right now, you know, Brock says it's there's there's a shoestring budget. It's it's done as a labor of love, but. These are some of the things that uh, that that just stand out for people. So, are there are there other spots that they can go and look at them? Yeah. So, Vimo, as you mentioned, and YouTube are both uh, both available. Uh, so, Vimo, it's uh, the Mighty Spits Allies Above Clouds, and then on it's also on YouTube as well. And then in the footsteps, of the Mighty, or sorry. <laughs> And the footsteps of a hero, the Stuart Kirby story, is on YouTube as well. All right, what's what's next for Brock Kirby, the filmmaker? Well, uh, to be honest with you, Brock, I've already got one kind of in the start. I kind of um, figured you would. <laughs> I'm always itching <laughs> and always thinking about the next uh, the next thing. Um, so this would be a sequel to our last film. So it'd still be in the Mighty Spits. Okay. Um, but I think the title is going to be called the uh, the Forgotten Ace. Oh, okay. The fall. The Forgotten Ace or the Fallen Ace, uh, something like that. Um, so Mac Reeves, he was a Spitfire pilot here in Madoc, and he was actually uh, close friends with my great uncle. Uh, he was one away from being an ace pilot. Um, he was sadly killed in uh, March 1945 um, in the uh, the Rhine River area. Okay. Um, he he. I believe he was a hero before he even left. Uh, he saved uh, a bunch of people from being lost in a winter storm in Uplands, Ottawa. Um, he he was involved in the air mid-air collision uh, when he was uh, in his pilot training, which wasn't his fault. And uh, you know, 
saved the plane and was able to land right away. And, uh, yeah, he, he went through the ringer and his story kind of going out is, uh, really sad. And, uh, my great uncle saw him the day before he was killed. So he, uh, yeah, he, he sent a letter home and that's kind of what really sparked, uh, me to uncover who this, uh, Mac Reese fella is. When, when you've, you've shown these documentaries to veterans and, and I'm, I, I can guess to what their reaction is, is like, but maybe you can walk us through that. When, when people who were there, and, and I, as we said, there aren't many still around these days, when they see a documentary like the ones that you've created, what's their, re, what's their, reac- their reaction? What's their response to that? Um, just, you know, they, they've been holding all these memories all these years. So, you know, it's really hard to approach a veteran uh, of that time frame because you know they were close. It was you know they were your family back then because yeah. you know yeah. you're away from anywhere from months to years and uh, you know I think they hold a lot of that guilt of uh, being a survivor. So, um, but we haven't really had a whole lot of veterans from the Second World War, um, you know, because like you mentioned, like there's so less of them, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. But uh, we had a fellow attend one of our screenings, Neil Bell, and he was uh, in uh, Hong Kong when he was serving. And uh, yeah, he you no, know, he was. It's great to have you know a veteran uh, yeah. present and you know kind of honoring us and you know being there. But uh, no, it, it's kind of hard. You don't want to press too much, and that makes it kind of difficult. But you know, you definitely appreciate that we're telling the stories of people from his generation and. Right. Uh, yeah, and 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 you mentioned Neil Bell. I, I I've met Neil Bell a number of times, and and unfortunately he passed away uh, a year or so ago. But uh, there's there's a documentary right there in itself. If you were to tell the story of Neil Bell, um, and and I know that off uh, off air last week we were talking about uh, Keith Patrick, uh, who has connections to the KW area, and he passed away two years ago. But uh, there, and and as we said, there's there's you know hundreds of thousands of these stories out there. Um, and and it's it, it's important for all of us to be able to to do a little bit of digging, and and we don't want these stories to uh, to be forgotten. Brock, thanks so much for giving us some of your time today, and and thanks for preserving the stories of of past generations as well. Thanks, Brock. I appreciate this opportunity. Good luck with uh, good luck with the next project, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, what comes up next with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brock. All right, and, uh, happy uh, happy New Year, heading into twenty twenty four as well. You too. Thank, Thank you. you. That was Brock Kirby, documentary filmmaker, talking about his latest project, The Mighty Spits, Allies Above Clouds. And he's got uh, another one up his sleeve, just as I suspected he would. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, give us a call. 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. Toll free 1-800-570-5715. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. The amount of documentation and photos and stuff that I've been able to uncover is just phenomenal. Just, you know, working with libraries and family members that hold, you know, photos and logbooks and just being able to research his time and what he did on the short time on Earth. That was documentary filmmaker Brock Kirby. He joined us from uh, over in eastern Ontario and uh, has has. Put, uh, put his work behind two documentaries, one that came out in 2018 
that uh, that honored his uh, his great uncle Stuart Kirby. That one is called "In the Footsteps of a Hero." Uh, he also uh, worked alongside a gentleman by the name of Brian Long on both projects. That one and the the project which came out uh, just back in the spring, The Mighty Spits, Allies Above Clouds. And uh, as uh, as Brock was saying, that uh, it, it, it took a while, right? It, these things don't uh, just happen overnight, especially when you're working full-time somewhere else and uh, and you're trying to do your best and and you're you know it, you you get all of this information and then it works out to be maybe you know 10 seconds in your show or in your documentary there's there's it's a labor of love absolutely uh, a labor of love and uh, great to give him a chance to uh, to to tell the story today if you're interested if that's your thing and you want to find out a little bit more uh, if you go on to uh, vimeo.com and you uh, can do a search for the um, the mighty spits allies above clouds go on to YouTube you will find in the footsteps of a hero and uh, sit down and, and and check it out it's uh, it's pretty amazing stuff to to see how it's it's all been stitched together in uh, in a cohesive way yeah th- this is this is one of those uh, opportunities where as I said before you know I you, you get a chance to, uh, to 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 tell someone's story who is telling stories. And I think that's extremely important for us to be able to do that. This, uh, this, you know, gives me a bit of a platform to do that. And I thank Mike for for giving me a chance to get in here, uh, you know, a couple of days uh, here and there, and 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 do those kinds of things. So, um, what's on your mind? Give us a call. And uh, and and I haven't heard. I've I heard from from one of you so far, but my regular crew of friends, I haven't heard from you. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five star five seventy on your cell. You can also call toll-free 1-800-570-5715. If you're sitting at home thinking you're listening to a pre-recorded show, well, you're not. We're live right now. It's 1.27 p.m. on Thursday, December the 20th. See, I got to check my watch. The 28th. Yeah, right? The days between Christmas and New Year's, as The Cure used to say, the song was called In Between Days. Not sure if they were talking about these days or not, but uh, I can kind of imagine that they are. Uh, up is down, left is right, you know, and what, what isn't helping the fact is it has looked exactly the same outside for the last five days. Uh, I need vitamin D somehow. And, uh, you know, go home and lay under some fluorescent lights or do something like that. It uh, I, Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow we'll get some sunshine. I think we need it because it, all I feel like doing is napping, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, we've got a lot, to, a lot still to go. Uh, you know, we're we're not even halfway through the show. One thirty this afternoon. It could be Ian Hunter coming in live to the studio. Something tells me he's probably going to call in, though. Maybe he's maybe he's just waking up from a nap, right? We'll talk with him about the Blue Jays. Uh, Two o'clock this afternoon, uh, my friend Adam Vosding will join us from Tampa, Florida, where it is warmer. It's not any sunnier, though. It's warmer down there. He's the traveling food dude. He's going to tell us his story. Uh, 2.30 this afternoon, we are going to have a little bit of a chance to, uh, to do a little year in review segment. It will be audience participation. Hint, hint. Give us a call. That's at 2.30, 3 o'clock. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Stuart Reynolds, you know him as Brittle Star. He's from Stratford. 
He's a well-known social media influencer. He wrote a book. So we're going to talk to him about his book. Uh, three, that's at uh, that's at 3 o'clock, 3.30 this afternoon. We will sit down and have a quick chat with David Schooley. He is uh, connected to the KW Titans. Their season kicks off on Saturday. And uh, we, we want to wish them well as that, uh, that series or that, uh, that season gets underway. Coming to the bottom of the hour, we'll take a quick break. We'll get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, well, we'll talk with Ian Hunter, either in person or on the phone. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show, Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Green Halsh, sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. I just took a wander over to try and change the temperature in this studio, and there's a big sticker. It says, centrally controlled. Please don't touch or adjust. Note to self, i got to wear my shorts and my flip-flops tomorrow. I don't know what's going on. It is... Awfully hot in here. Uh, we're two months since the end of the World Series, where the Texas Rangers took home the top prize. And then we're 48 days away until pitchers and catchers report for spring training. It has been damp and foggy and rainy for the past week. So what better time to talk baseball? Ian Hunter is the lead baseball writer for Daily Hive TO. He is a baseball mustache aficionado. He's a runner craft beer admirer, and a proud dad. I got that all off of his Twitter slash X little write-up. Uh, and he is, uh, he's not in the studio today. Smart man. Way too hot in here. Uh, he joins us on the phone. Welcome to the show, Ian. Hello, Brock. Thanks for having me. I will, uh, maybe I'll wear shorts and flip-flops. And oh. Get a palm tree in honor of it being 29 degrees or whatever <laughs> it is in there. If we can truck in some sand... Before yeah. uh, Farwell gets back here next week, that would be lovely. We can have a little little beach party. I think that's that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, I think just transform the studio entirely <laughs> into like a tiki bar, <laughs> and then uh, it would all it would totally make sense. Oh, I like the way that you think, Ian. Uh, listen, Kiermaier is in. Mm. Isaiah Kainafralefa is in. Are there still some big fish to land? Maybe you want to talk about those two guys first of all. What what does that mean for? All those Blue Jays fans out there right now. Sure. I mean, it's obviously not the moves people were expecting, you know, considering several weeks ago the Blue Jays were a finalist uh, for Shohei Otani. I think anything after that is going to be a bit of a come down. And, yeah. Uh, to be honest, this free agent class is pretty lackluster. There's not a ton of uh, big names out there for the Blue Jays that they could sign that could make a big impact, say for maybe a Cody Bellinger. Um so they're kind of, uh, I tweeted this a, a couple of days ago, they, they're they basically coloring outside the lines right mm-hmm. now. It seems like they're adding their finishing pieces first. So uh, Kiermaier, Kevin Kiermaier coming back on a one-year deal, uh, a bit of a surprise to me. I figured he would get a, 
a two-year deal somewhere else uh, with a team like the Yankees or something like right. that. But right. uh, bringing him back, he was great defensively last year, uh, bouncing back from an injury-shortened season in 2022. R- had some really good offensive numbers for the Blue Jays. So, um, I, you know, there's not really much to be mad about the, the Kiermaier signing. He comes back and plays center field. Won a gold glove last year. You know exactly what you're getting from, from Kiermaier on the defensive side. And if he can hit you the odd home run, that's a bonus. Um, Isaiah kinder Falefa, a, a bit of a head-scratcher to me just mm. because the Blue Jays really have a glut of infielders right yeah. now, middle yeah. infielders. Um, you know, you've got uh, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal, Ernie Clement, David Schneider, and now you add uh, kinder Falefa to the mix. Uh, not really sure if he's going to come in and be like the, the starting third baseman. Uh, he has won a gold glove in the past at third base, yeah. and he's a guy who can play multiple defensive positions. So uh, it's hard to say right now. It's I, I don't think the Blue Jays are done. I think they've got to add at least one, if not two more bats, probably at the DH position. Um, but you know, if you're a Jays fan, I can't I I can't fault people for being underwhelmed right now because. Yeah. These aren't the sexy signings that that everyone was expecting. So, um, still lots of off season to go. Yep. Um, I'm, there are going to be moves that are going to be made, but yeah, for right now, they're kind of. It seems like the front office is doing things a little backwards right now. And, and I want to. I'll, ba- I'll back it up a little bit to go back to Kiermaier for a second. In in your mind, or in in when you you know you you talk to your sources and everything else as well, he presents as a pretty positive guy, and he you know he he espouses uh, his love for Toronto. It, do you think he's that guy in the clubhouse? He's the he's a he's a you know like a veteran presence in the clubhouse that the younger guys can rally around. Yeah, absolutely. I think him kind of combined with a guy like Matt Chapman. Yeah sounded like those two were like the big clubhouse leaders. Uh, you know, Kevin Kiermaier, he's 34, so one of the older guys coming back to the team, and um, he posted a video the other day about how he's excited to come back to Toronto, you know, saying all the right things. Right. So, obviously, um, fans fans love that, and a stellar defensive center fielder. I mean, I, you really can't find a better guy out there. Um if anything, I was kind of I figured they might shift Varsho into center and then go and get a left a power hitting left fielder like a Cody Bellinger or maybe a Jock Peterson. But yeah. now that you've got Kiermeyer, that basically stations him in center and Varsho is probably gonna be in left field and the Blue Jays basically run back the exact same outfield that they had last year. And, and I that being said, if you take if we pull the lens back a little bit and we take a look at the American League East, are there any in your minds any real big shakeups that are going to be happening this year or is it going to be, you know, picking up where we all left off in in October? Yeah, I mean, there really hasn't been a ton of activity in the AL East at all. I would say like the two most active teams in free agency and trade this winter have been the Dodgers obviously with their huge signings yeah. and like the Kansas City Royals are kind of signing all these guys to one-year deals. So aside from, you know, the Yankees got Juan Soto, the Blue Jays obviously would have loved to have him, but uh, the Yankees traded a ton of prospects and talent to get him, and he's only under control for one more year. Um, Red Sox haven't done very much. I think the the Orioles have only signed Craig Kimbrell, and, and the Rays traded away Tyler Glass now. So I would say everything's kind of still on even footing. You've basically got five teams that are, 
probably going to be at 500 or above 500. Mm-hmm. And again, it's going to be a, uh, an uber competitive division because I can't really see. I, I think if anything, maybe the Rod, Red Sox might get a little bit better. You think the the Orioles might kind of sustain their that, and uh, depending on what the the Yankees do this off season, they'll probably be right there too. So uh, it's going to be really again a really tough to uh, to make a, a playoff spot in twenty twenty four. And that's that's been the case the last couple of years, and it's it, it, as you said, it looks like that's still going to be the case moving forward. When the dust settles. Does Alec Manoa come bouncing back in spring training? What's going to happen with that guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of fans and people outside are obviously rooting for this dude. Um, finishing in the top three in the Cy Young a year ago and then to suddenly fall off the map on the roster. Like, it's just, uh, you never see that happen. And obviously with pitchers, uh, development is never linear. Guys never just come to the majors and, and finish top three in Cy Young and stay there every year for the rest of their career. There are going to be ebbs and flows, but um, I think ultimately he probably does come back and compete for that fifth starter spot. And I mean, just think like, even if you're not getting 2020 Alec Manoa, if you're getting some version of that, Mm -hmm. a, a little bit better of what you got this past season, that all of a sudden makes the Blue Jays starting rotation, which was one of their biggest strengths last year, even better. Right. Um, right. So, like, if you've got Alec Manoa not having an ERA, if he, even if he has an ERA, you know, around five, let's just say. Yeah. I think most people would take that. Um, but I, I think, obviously, the upside for him is, is there because he's done it before. So, um Hopefully he comes back and, and, and has a bounce-back season because I think um, he'll be a, a very interesting player to watch for the Blue Jays. I don't, I don't think trading him is the right idea. I think the Blue Jays would be selling low on him. And, you know, Murphy's Law with the Blue Jays, the yeah. second they trade him away to another team, he would become that other team's ace. So um, I think you got to hold on to him and kind of rebuild some of his value and kind of repair that relationship that was uh, – that was kind of eroded a little bit this year. Yeah, well, fingers crossed with when it comes to Manoa heading uh, heading into the into the future. Uh, earlier today, we were lucky enough to have a chat with Rob Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, and and he was saying that uh, the goal is always to win the World Series. That's a little easier said when you've got a lineup that the Phillies have. Um, but in in your mind, is there is there a team out there right now in the American League that you go? above and beyond Toronto anyway, uh, that, that has, has kind of put all the right pieces together? Or is it is it Toronto? Yeah, it's uh, really hard to say. I mean, I hate to kind of, uh, it's a bit of a cop, but like picking the Texas Rangers is kind of the, uh, the de facto choice, right? Just yeah. because they have such an impressive lineup and obviously they won the World Series and they, they led the, the AL West for most of the year last mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't know. I think it maybe it's maybe it's another team out of the West like the Houston Astros. They're just kind of perennial contenders. They have a really strong lineup to uh really good starting pitching. Um you know, I, I, I don't know about Baltimore. I still kind of feel like they're playing with house money. Obviously they've got a really young, impressive core, but they got swept out of the playoffs last year, so uh, unless the Blue Jays, a team like the Blue Jays, add like a, a really strong piece, like they they make a really impressive trade, um, it, it's tough to see them in the World Series. And 
you know, maybe Rob would say the same thing. Like, really, all you have to do is kind of get into the playoffs. And right. It's kind of a, a crapshoot. It's a lot. There's a lot of luck that goes into the playoffs. Like, think about it. how many times has the the team with the best overall record in baseball have they won the World Series? It doesn't happen no. every single year. Wouldn't shock me if the if the if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year because you know <laughs> spending a, a ton of money doesn't always work. Just ask the New York Mets this right. last year. That's right. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's it's really we'll have to kind of maybe we can kind of gauge it better midway through the season. But I think uh, the goal to just going into the season is like, hey, we just we want to return to the playoffs. Obviously, build the roster as best as we can. And hopefully a little bit of that experience and maybe some of that heart heartbreak from the Blue Jays the last couple of years will kind of uh, maybe uh, give them a lesson and kind of uh, realize what they need to do to kind of get over that hump. If, if we look at the physical uh, building itself, we knew there were, there were lots of updates to the Rogers Center for heading into the last season. Uh, are you privy to any of the uh, the big changes for, for 2024? Yeah, I, I mean, I've got pretty much uh, the same line of sight as everyone else does. Uh, these ones are the ones that are uh, mostly, it seems like, underground, basically. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be the, the club-level stuff. The You know, you're going to be a high roller uh, experiencing these, these new seats and these underground dining areas and the new underground batting cages. You know, I think uh, from an aesthetics perspective, you're basically going to see brand-new seats all around the 100 level. Um, new stuff on the concourse. But, uh, yeah, I think the bulk of it is going to be basically underground that most of us will not see. So, yeah, last year's renovations were very front-facing, you know, the new patio areas, very obvious. You can see that on the broadcast and when you go to the game. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see. Maybe I can somehow sneak my way down there one of these (laughs) days and and see what it's like because it's uh, probably pretty swanky, I imagine. Well, I would think so. And you're the Blue Jays hunter. They got to let you in there. Like you're, I, it, it's in your, it's in your name. It's in your, yeah, your, your, mention a few names. We can do. <laughs> Ian, thanks so much for coming in and uh, coming onto the show and, and talking. It's always great to talk baseball. Yeah, thanks, Brock. Appreciate you. Thanks All right, so much for having me on. We'll talk again in uh, in the new year. Happy uh, 2024 to to you and your family. Yep, same to you, Rock. Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, that was Ian Hunter. He is the Blue Jays hunter and uh, someone who is willing to give us some time to talk about baseball and uh, especially when we're looking at gray, gloomy days outside. Nothing nothing better than, than talking baseball. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, take, we'll take some calls. What's on your mind? I still haven't heard what, uh, what you got from, from the big man in the red suit if he happened to stop by your place. I haven't heard from uh, from anyone about your plans for the new year or New Year's resolutions, any of those things. 519-570-2545. Don't be shy. Star 570 on your cell. Toll-free 1-800-570-5715. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Maybe we can kind of gauge it better midway through the season, but I think the goal to just going into the season is like we want to return to the playoffs, obviously build the roster as best as we can, and hopefully a little bit of that experience, maybe some of that heartbreak from the Blue Jays the last couple of years will kind of give them a lesson and kind of realize what they need to do to kind of get over that hump. That was Ian Hunter, also known as the Blue Jays Hunter, talking all things Toronto Blue Jays, and why not? We're midway between uh, the end of the World Series 
and the beginning of spring training. Got to keep it front and center, right on that that front burner, right? And uh, why not? This is this is. Uh, we can all rally around the Blue Jays. We can all, you know, just imagine ourselves at the game, smell the popcorn, the hot dogs, all that stuff, feel the sunshine, because there sure isn't any of that out there today. It's, it's out there somewhere above the clouds. I'm sure it is. Uh, if you happen to be listening from some sunny location, let us know where you're at, because... It ain't around here. Uh, welcome back. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for Mike Farwell. He uh, will return to the chair in the new year, 2024. Um, I'm with you today. I'll be with you again tomorrow, and I'm happy to keep you company. The, uh, the thing for Mike, he has three Rangers games in the next four days, so he's going to be busy. And he deserves a, a couple of days to be with his family, don't you? Don't we all? I know. And I'm just uh, enjoying myself uh, being here, being here in, in the microphone, hanging out with Devin and uh, uh, rolling up the pant legs and taking the sweatshirts off and uh, just uh, hoping for a cool breeze. The windows don't open. I'm afraid to prop the door open because there are other studios down the hall. Uh, so, yeah, if it's I, I know I really shouldn't complain, but I'm an old man. What else am I going to do? Uh, when we take a look at the, uh, the national days, there's three national days today for December 28th, and they all seem to fit quite well to what we've been talking about. Uh, it's, it's happy national short film day today. If you're just tuning in, we were talking with Brock Kirby. He is a documentary filmmaker. Uh, with a focus on, uh, telling World War II stories. So that ties in lovely with the National Short Film Day. It's also National Chocolate Candy Day. And if you're like uh, my family, there is a drawer where all of the holiday treats get dumped in there, no matter which stocking they came out of. You go looking for yours, chances are someone else has already pilfered it and they're going through it. Uh, you can you can forgive them because it's National Chocolate Candy Day, all right. It's also National Card Playing Day. Uh, that's something that uh, my wife and I did quite a bit uh, back in in the summer and into the into the fall. We would play cards almost every night. We've got to get back to it. And uh, now that we have uh, some family at home for the holidays. We can play some different games, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. We don't have to just sit there and, and stare at the television. There's lots of other opportunities. My uh, my oldest son, he is uh, a big uh, big time card player, uh, all kinds of card games, and 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 he's always got a new card uh, game that he wants to bring home. And uh, I know that he's brought some that uh, we got to get around to playing. So maybe tonight we'll be able to do that. It'd be great to to sit down and uh, and play some cards. So. Happy National Short Film Day, Happy National Card Playing Day, and Happy National Chocolate Candy Day as well. Uh, We are still a few minutes away from the top of the hour. At 2 o'clock, we're going to get a phone call from uh, one Adam Vosding. He is uh, calling us from Tampa, Florida. We'll ask him what it's like down there right now. He is the traveling food dude. 
originally from London, Ontario. When he was a kid, he moved down to Tampa with his family, uh, was in the corporate world up until about five, six years ago, and then made a huge change to his life, and it... Uh, it is quite a story. We'll hear that at 2 o'clock. 2.30 today, we're going to give a chance uh, to you to give us your input into the year in review. What did 2023 mean to you? We'll have a chance to talk about, uh, well, we'll look at the news stories of 2023 as well, too. We'll have a little bit of fun with that as well. But uh, as I said earlier, it is audience participation, so feel free to to dial those numbers at 2.30 today. 3 o'clock, we will talk with Brittle Star, Stuart Reynolds from Stratford, Ontario. Not related to Ryan Reynolds. However, there is a connection between the two, and we'll explain what that connection is. And then 3.30 this afternoon, we'll have a bit of time to talk with uh, the CEO of the KW Titans, David Schooley. The season kicks off this Saturday we're going to talk about um, what, it, uh, what it's going to mean to, to compete in the Basketball Super League this year and, uh, and, and what, what that means for fans, what it means for the team, what it's like having a, a local uh, connection to the team when you've got a player from KW who, uh, who is on the roster. A lot of great things for us to, uh, to talk about. And to get us there, lots of, other, uh, uh, lots of other great interviews to go along with that as well, too. As always, this is live radio, and you can be a part of it. You can call 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, toll-free, 1-800-570-5715. None of the regulars, Devin, are calling. Maybe, maybe they're shy today. Maybe they are hesitant. Uh, don't be shy. Give me a call. Happy to talk with you, and uh, we'll go from there. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Greenhalch sitting in for Mike Farwell. He returns in the new year. He will be calling three Kitchen Arrangers games in the next four days, so no rest for him. I believe that includes a trip up to Owen Sound and another one over to Oshawa. Lucky guy riding on that bus with those hockey players. Uh, five years ago, Adam Vosding, uh, who had spent his early years in London, Ontario, before moving with his family to Tampa, decided to walk away from the corporate world, sell off most of his possessions, buy a truck and a Silverstream trailer, load up his furry friend Holland, and start a journey as the traveling food dude. He began traveling across the United States in search of uh, out-of-the-way places and, and, and eating the food that the locals would rave about, and, and he documented his journey online. He had videos, blogs, vlogs, uh, all while crossing off items off his bucket list as well, too. Uh, if we fast forward to today, Adam's epic journey continues. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, Brock. How's it going? Very well. And, uh, and how are things in Tampa Bay today? You know what? Uh, the sun just came out. Oh, so, man. Uh, 
I'm enjoying some blue skies. I'm actually right in downtown Tampa right now, not too far from Emily Arena, home of my favorite NHL hockey team. I'm looking over the Hillsborough <laughs> River, uh, where just uh, a week ago, or just a few days ago, actually, they had a lighted Christmas or holiday boat parade go by. So, uh, yeah, things are good down here. That's that's good to hear. Uh, I, I'll tell you right now, it has been gray and cloudy and rainy here for five days. So, uh, yeah, you're rubbing it in when we hear about the sunshine. Listen, I uh, <laughs> always a great opportunity to talk with you, Adam. I I, I know since my little uh, my little intro, you upgraded. You've got yourself a self converted camper van now. And uh, were you always the handyman, or is that something? Uh, uh, are those some skills you developed over the last couple of years. <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed that you asked that because I'm not handy. <laughs> and by self-converted, I mean I went to Home Depot and I bought Husky uh, prefabricated tool benches that actually look really nice, um, like a matte black with a wood top, you know, yep. finished yep. or wood top. top. So, but all I had to do was basically just put them in there. So, I, I, Although I did build out the bed, so I did have to bust out a, a screwdriver or two for a little wow. bit of it. But that's, that's a lot further along than a lot of other people, Adam. So don't cut yourself some slack, man. That uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're okay. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of other skills that you've developed in the last five or six years that uh, you didn't have beforehand because you made that, that ultimate uh, jump to, uh, to a brand new life. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm guessing you haven't looked back either. No, it's been pretty fun. Yeah, I got, um, gosh, I guess it was, I'm 45 now, so it was, I was just about to turn 40. And uh, still still not married and no kids. I figured I would have been married and had kids by then. So um, I was just kind of going down the YouTube rabbit hole of seeing some other folks do this traveling around the country thing and, and thinking, wow, they got, you know, that's pretty cool kind of thing. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, why, why don't I do that? What is stopping me from doing that kind of thing? And and uh, pretty much came to the conclusion that, you know, it's just a decision you got to make if you feel like you're in the right spot and you're willing to take the gamble that really anybody can kind of pivot and, and try something new for a little while. Uh, and I had budgeted for maybe six to eight months to travel. Right. Um, and I came, came up to that, that end point, and I realized I didn't want to go back to the cubicle, so I've just been finding fun and strategic ways to keep my my travels going i'm here in in tampa for a little while i'll be heading back to colorado soon where i work on a dude ranch of all things um be spending my summer in the rocky mountains in colorado and hopefully can do some adventures between now and then and 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 i know that you had mentioned too that uh on your uh on your website you talk about you back in 2015 this furry friend comes into your into your world and 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 holland the pup has uh, she's got quite a following on uh, in social media platforms as well too. In your mind, if you hadn't made that connection with that puppy dog, would you have done that trip on your own, or or was was it you know kind of like I've got companionship now? It's four legged companionship, but it's going to still be there for me uh, when I make this 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 epic journey. That is a very good question, and I think I've kind of thought about that, but I've never really put a lot of deep thought into it. But I but I will say I don't know if that was a deal breaker or not, you know, not a deal breaker, but I don't know if she was the reason that fully committed me to doing the trip, but I will say that was a big factor in, in giving me comfort to take that plunge. I'm very, pretty independent to begin with, and I don't mind spending time by myself, but having her alongside is definitely gives me that comfort. And I've never really felt lonely at all. And I probably would have felt more lonely without her. So I do think she's a, a big part of, 
the comfort that I have while traveling. Well, that's awesome. Uh, now, you hold dual Canadian and American citizenship, so when will the time come for a cross-Canada road trip? Because I'm pretty sure you know as well as I do, there's some great eats out here in the in the Great White North. I am hoping, and I am hoping. Every, every like, November, I kind of start thinking about, like, all right, next year I need to start either on one of the coasts or even start on one coast and, and and do a there and back trip or at least a across one way trip. Um, and there's still time to maybe make it happen this summer. For I think, sure. Uh, I'd love to, you know, get my ducks in a row and work with some tourism boards in, in Canada and the different provinces and stuff like that and do something really special. I think it would be a cool theme to do. Um, my perspective is, you know, I was, I was born in Canada and I lived there till I was about 10 years old and then moved down to the United States. So I, I, feel like i know what it's like quote unquote to be canadian Mm -hmm. um but then again i've been in the states for so long too i kind of miss out on that quote unquote what does it be like what is it like to be canadian so i'd love to do a cross canada road trip and just showcase what it's like to be canadian i know there's so many different you know subcultures in the different provinces but i think at the end of the day the Canadian calling yourselves Canadian and calling myself Canadian is just something unlike any other country in the the world. So that would be the theme that I would like to go by. Um, Food, food and travel would be kind of the, the way I do it, but hopefully, you know, there's some chance it could happen this summer, but maybe summer of 2025. We'll see. Well, and I know if you make it to, uh, to the KW and you know, this as well too, the KW region will take you out for some barbecue that'll knock your socks off. Heck yeah. And I, it's funny because I, I feel like you have to get time Kitchener with Oktoberfest, too. Oh, yeah, so. that's when you need to be here. And, and, and you, can, you can park your, uh, your uh, um, self-converted camper van in my driveway. And uh, right we'll 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 get some tickets. We got we'll yeah, talk Holland. off the air. We we got a big plan. Listen, you and Holland, the pop, you're huge sports fans. You've taken her to every NHL arena. Uh, she's even been featured on the NHL Network. And I know th- how much the the Tampa Bay Lightning holds such a near and dear uh, place in your heart. But is there another arena out there that really stood out for you when it came to welcoming you and welcoming Holland and and just kind of the whole experience? What what else was on your what else was on your aha moments when you were when you were traveling to those different arenas? So I got to give a shout out to four of them specifically, okay. and then a fifth one that kind of prompted our whole um, journey to visit every NHL arena uh, was Winnipeg. I was in Denver at the time; the Lightning were playing up in Winnipeg, and and I was, although it's not very close, I was like, this could be the closest that I that I'm ever to Winnipeg right. with the Lightning are in town. So, I, so I drove up, took a couple of days, drove up there. Um, word got around that we had driven up to Winnipeg in the winter time, and everybody thought we were nuts. <laughs> and we got on the the news and the radio up there, and and people were saying, you know, you should take her to every NHL arena. At that point, she'd been to maybe like six or seven. Right. And I was like, that's a cool idea. So so we finished yeah this past um, spring in New York. But for uh, this, this, I call it the Staples Center, dot com Arena um, in L.A., they yep. uh, they put her name up on the Jumbotron um, during a, a Lightning Kings game, which was really cool. So it was a big welcome cool. haul in the pop thing. Um, Edmonton invited us inside the arena. Yeah, We got a VIP private tour Ooh. of the uh, arena, the new arena in Edmonton, which was really cool. Um, Anaheim invited us. Uh, into their arena and onto the ice, and gave some gave Holland some Anaheim Ducks swag. So that was pretty cool. 
And then in Nashville, um, when we were in town for the stadium series, uh, we got invited into the arena in Nashville, and uh, the news came out and did a cool little bit on us, and she got on the ice out there and met the dog that's a service dog in training for the Predators when they had a little play date on the ice in, in Smashville, <laughs> which was super cool. And, and like I said, our journey ended this past April in New York. I was actually driving from Canada or from Florida up to Canada to see some family. And um, we stopped and spent eight days in New York City and Manhattan, um, did the doubles game. And then our last two arenas were Madison Square Gardens and then the Islanders Arena, wow. um, UBS. And, uh, and then right after that, uh, the NHL Network, who is located in New Jersey, just on the other side of Manhattan, um, invited us into their studio. And we got to meet Brian Boyle and some other NHL uh, Network folks there. Got a little private tour of their MLB Network and NHL Networks share the same studio. So we got a little behind-the-scenes tour. Got to go on air, and everybody loves Holland. She's such a cool dog. She's sitting right next to me right now. I was going to say, she's been your in. So so lucky that she came along for that ride. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's the most calm, submissive, quiet, like best travel companion dog a guy could ask for. So. <laughs> You talked about that idea of of seasonal jobs that you've been working around the United States. Is there ever any pull for you to get back to the corporate world, or are you done with that? Uh, Well, now that remote work is the thing, um, you know, I'm open to a corporate job if I don't have to go into an office in the cubicle (laughs) every day. So (laughs) I think that was the big thing holding me back. I had worked for a pretty big company. Southeast United States company for 22 years. Actually, I started when I was 14. Um, started off in the retail stores and worked my way up to uh, a real estate job where I was scouting new locations in the Southeast. Right. Right. Um, and uh, it was fun. You know, I had a good time with that. The, my biggest complaint was the lack of vacation days and not being able to go explore. So yeah. it just came to a point where. You know, that was really the only thing holding me back from from getting out there. So, and now, and now you can do that anytime you want. Well, almost anytime you want. A, a really important question uh, for for a sports aficionado such as yourself: How hard is it to find anybody broadcasting the World Junior Hockey Tournament down in Florida? Right now? <laughs> That's funny. I actually, I literally have NHL Network on the TV right now. Um, <laughs> they're showing Germany and Sweden. I think it is Germany and somebody. Right. They're interviewing a German player right now. My my buddy, I forgot it was going on. My my friend from Canada texted me about uh, one of the games the other day, and I was like, "Oh man, I there's no, it's really yeah, nobody talks about it. Even (laughs) hockey fans really don't know what is going on. No, no, it's a little, it's a, it's that's the Canadian in you, right? That's the you know, you still got that piece, and that's and that's important to hang on to that. Adam, if you look back over the last five or six years, it's it's become obvious that you you know you love connecting with people through through food and through Holland and through travel and all of those things. You you had that dream, you followed it. If if there if there are listeners out there right now. What's the what's the best advice for any listener out there right now who might be thinking, hey, if this guy did it, maybe I should give it a shot. What what advice would you give to them? Uh, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because you're gonna get yourselves in a lot of stressful slash uncomfortable situations. But to me, that's part of the adventure. Um, if you if you want everything to go smoothly and you aren't willing to put yourself in a position to be uncomfortable for for short periods of time um maybe it's not for you I, like i said i'm i'm pretty comfortable 
being by myself too. So I've never really had the problem with the loneliness factor. Uh, I've got to meet so many people traveling around that I've been just really been comfortable ever, everywhere I've gone. But I could see if you're very um, used to being around people all the time, that could be a thing. And then obviously financially prepared to do so, at least for a short period of time. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, as long as you're good for a few months or something like that, you can give it a shot. And the worst thing is you just come back to a where you are, um, granted, you may not be in the same position or something like that, but right. you just have to be have have a short term exit strategy. I feel like will just give you that comfort too. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you're worse off later. But um, but if you're up for the adventure, like I said, I got to the end of my budgeted travel and then just found a cool. Um, and I'm trying to get these guys to open in Canada. It's called CoolWorks.com. And they, uh, they're they a great resource for seasonal jobs around the United States. And um, I've become friends with the, the folks that, that run the website. And I'm like, man, you all need to open in Canada. Cause there's, I'm sure there's a lot of seasonal um, opportunities in the summertime in Canada. But that's, uh, you know, I just became resourceful and, right. and found a way to keep going. And that, that might be your key to, to traveling across Canada, right? Maybe maybe it's a, it's a longer a longer term. Maybe you work in you know out in the uh, the oil fields in Alberta for a little while and put some money away. You know, just plant some seeds in your brain right now. Uh, yeah, so. no, no, I, like I like I like the way you're thinking because I'm totally down for anything. You know, and and the cool part with doing a seasonal job is if it's two or three months, you know, and you get into it and you don't like it, you just tough it out for yeah. a short period of time and move on, kind of thing. So. So for you, you, you mentioned uh, heading back up into Colorado. Uh, sorry, it, it is it's Colorado. You're going to be heading to this in the winter time. That's what it looks like. Right okay. Now, yep. All right, and that'll that'll kind of carry you through the summer, right? And then and then you're you're always kind of looking for that next adventure. And and I mean, Holland travels well. Obviously, she's never complained to you about having to, to log all these miles. <laughs> no, and she eats pretty well too. I was thinking the other day she's had, and thankfully she has a pretty tough stomach because some pet owners are going to be like what the heck are you feeding this dog she's had two two teen in montreal she's had fish tacos in california she's had deep dish pizza in chicago she's had barbecue in texas and i can go on she probably had like the the iconic dish out of every state and province that's That's awesome so she's uh she's eating pretty good that's awesome i'm going to put you on the spot in all of your travels the last five or six years best meal you've ever had um, so there's two things that stand out. One, I was driving from Albuquerque to Colorado, Albuquerque, New Mexico to Colorado, and, um, stopped by the Navajo Indian Reservation. Oh, it's not like a single place, but yeah. a lot of land yeah. in northern New Mexico is, is Navajo Nation. And, uh, they have, there's a roadside stand of these, like, crafts and food, and I stopped and um, Indian fry bread is, uh, which I think maybe is similar to Bannock in, right. in like, Manitoba, um, is a popular thing like Indian taco, Indian fried tacos, and stuff like that. And right. I stopped, and there was a kid, probably mid twenties, um, with a you know making fry bread fresh. So I stopped and talked to him, and he spoke English, and uh, he was talking about he was part of a sub tribe that there was only like. 60 people left and they had a their own specific language and oh wow he was probably the youngest person in their tribe that knew the language and it, he was worried it was going to disappear and stuff like that and it was this kind of eye-opening thing that this yeah. is stuff that's in our own country here in the, in the states and, um super nice guy 
you know, out there working on the side of the road to, to make a living and had the best little lunch there that day. And that was one of the most memorable meals I had. And, 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 and a, like a little history lesson as well, right, to, to boot as well. Listen, Adam, I want to thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. And uh, I, I love it when we get a chance to reconnect and either, you know, in person or, or uh, like this as well, too. All the best for 2024. And, and let's make sure that uh, if there's an empty seat and you need a co-pilot for that cross-Canada <laughs> trip, I can always check in with Janice and see if I can get away from the, you know, awesome. get away for a little while. <laughs> Love to throw up my social uh, media stuff. Go for I'm it. I'm tra- traveling food dude, and that's traveling with one L, the the American way of spelling it. Uh-huh. Traveling food dude, and Holland is Holland the pup, and we're on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, and we're we post a lot of stories daily. So if you want to see what's going on in, in Tampa right now, and then where we where we end up later this year, um, follow along. It'd be We'd love to have you a part of the journey. Can't wait to hear the next uh, the next adventure, Adam. Thanks, Brock. I appreciate um, you know for folks that don't know Brock's family of mine. So I appreciate uh, Brock and his family. And thanks, his, thanks for admitting that. I'm not, not. I didn't know if you'd admit that or not. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always great to catch up, and I wish I got to see you guys more often. But uh, I hear you. I might, yep. be, might be up in Toronto in April. It's, it's one of the things that I, I might go to Colorado, then Toronto, then back to Colorado. Everything's up in there right now, so maybe I'll see you in April. All right, the door's always open and the coffee's always on, man. Love it. All right, all the best for twenty twenty four, my friend. Thanks, Brock. All right, take care. That was Adam Vosning. He is the traveling food dude. Yes, we're related. I didn't want to bring it up because, you know, nepotism and all that stuff. But, hey, it's a great story. And I think it, it needs to be told. And, and it's one of those things where you hear, uh, you hear Adam talk. He, you hear his passion in his voice. Uh, here was a guy who, you know, hey, he thought his life was going one direction. And uh, five years ago made the decision to change that direction. And it's, it's still going down that that. that that other path, you know, and, and a lot of people would be hesitant to make that jump, but he uh, he was willing to take that on. And uh, what amazing stories he's got to tell. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, what's on your mind? Maybe you're planning on reaching out for your dream job in 2024. Love to hear from you. Give us a call. 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. Toll free. 1-800-570-5715. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Welcome back. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for Mike Farwell. Never fear. He will return by the start of 2024. In the meantime, I'll keep you company. No problem at all. Our last segment that we had on with Adam Vosnick. That was a great segment. It ran long, so we don't have time right now to take your phone calls. However, this next half hour, 2.30 until 3 o'clock, here is the challenge. I'm throwing down the gauntlet right now, Devin. I want phone calls. I want people to call in, and I want you to give us your year in the review segment. What do you remember about 2023? Are you happy to see it go out the window? Are you happy to, to, to ring in the new year? What were the highlights of 2023? Because uh, otherwise, it's just going to be me and Devin talking for the next half hour, and that's no good for anybody. But that's what we're going to do. So light up those phone lines. You know who you are. 
If I if I bugged you to listen in <laughs> uh, to my show, I know Farwell always says he's got 32 listeners. I'm hoping for three. Give us a call. Prove to me that you're listening. We're live. It's 2.30. So live, in fact, that I've gone long, and we're going to have to jump out of here and uh, and get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, 2023, the year in review, what stood out for you? Give us a call. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing, Mike Farwell. He will return to the mic next week. I'm here today. I'm here with you again tomorrow and uh, having a great time. This has been a great show so far today. We, it's, it's hard to believe we're coming into uh, the last hour and a half of the show. But if you go back, we had a great chat right off the bat back at noon. Um, we started to talk about this idea of hashtag five uh, hashtag five to survive and that is a uh a hashtag uh that that needs to be front and center if you have your own uh media platforms you know if you've got facebook twitter uh x when i guess it's what it's called these days instagram snapchat any of those kinds of things um ICQ, is that even a thing anymore? Uh, Devin has no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, Community Living Ontario, they have been fighting for the rights and needs of people who have an intellectual disability. They are calling on the province for a 5% increase uh, to uh, to their funding. And it, it's it's critical right now. We talked with uh, with Joanne and Judy about uh, what that what it looks like on a daily basis for people who who struggle with with trying to, to make ends meet to have uh, caregivers come in and help them who are the same people every day because oftentimes either they don't show up or it's different people all the time. And, and we know that that's not, that's not comforting to people when, uh, when they're, they're, they're needing that sort of care. 1230 today, we had a, I, I had a chance to chat with um, Rob Thompson, the, uh, the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Just an amazing guy to talk with. That was a lot of fun. And uh, just that was uh, a little bit of a dream come true. I know I'm I'm kind of uh, you know fanboying over here again. We talked a bit about that. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, Brock Kirby joined us at one o'clock. We talked about uh, uh, being a documentary filmmaker and what an amazing story he has as well too. If you get a chance, check out his documentaries. Uh, one you can find on YouTube. The other one is on Vimeo, and uh, they're free to watch. Uh, give him, a, give him a, a chance to have a have a chance to look at uh, what uh, work he'd been putting into uh, those projects. Ian Hunter, we were talking Blue Jays baseball as well. That was at one thirty, uh, and then just uh, at the top of the hour, two o'clock, we were talking with Adam Vosning all the way from Tampa, Florida, and uh, he's a traveling food dude, and he is looking. Uh, he has dual citizenship, but Canadian and American do, uh, citizenship. Thinking about doing that cross Canada trip and and kind of eating at all the hot spots along the way. Uh, he has his furry friend Holland with him along the way. And I, I threw it out there. Maybe if it's this summer, you know, I, I, I have a bit of time and, uh, 
maybe my wife needs a break from from her her 54-year-old, 10-year-old, as she likes to call me sometimes. And maybe Adam just needs a, a wingman, right? He needs a, a co-pilot. Just putting that out there. Anyway, what's on your mind? Give us a call, and uh, we've got a chance to talk. We're, we're looking at the year in review. This is a segment where I hadn't booked in any sort of interview because, uh, um, well, for a number of reasons, but one of those reasons was to give you a chance to, to give us your year in review. 519 570 2545. I'll say it slowly for people because I know they're writing it down feverishly right now, Devin. Star 570 on your cellular device. Toll free 1 800 570 5715. And uh, let us know what's, uh, what's on your mind. George, you've been patiently waiting. What's, uh, what's on your mind today, George? How are you? I'm so much better now that you have called in. I thought, hey, I'm part of the 38. I'm part of the regulars. Let's have some regulars call in. George from Cambridge here. I'm calling in to talk to you. I appreciate it, George. And and Devin and I were talking off air. We wondered whether or not listeners think it's a recorded show because I I get it. We're in between Christmas and New Year's. A lot of people are on holidays. A lot of people, you know, sort of uh, doing their own thing. And and maybe maybe talk radio goes onto the back burner for a little while. Uh, And and I know that they've they've also had uh, previous shows that have that have been uh, pre-recorded. But this one's live, man. And you're proof of that. What's on your mind? What's on your mind today? You were asking Brock about 2023. What did it mean for you? Yes. And for me, it's like it was like any other year. You've got your good stuff. You got the bad stuff that happens. But for us, for our family, the real highlight in May, I got to travel to Europe. Finally, took my kids there. They loved it. Today, we still talk about it and dream of another possible trip somewhere else in Europe. And uh, that will be the highlight for us, just that almost two and a half weeks away in Europe. And, and we just loved it. And, and you bring up a really good point, George. And thanks for, for calling in. The idea of, you know, creating experiences. And instead of, you know, the, the traditional idea of gifts and all of those kinds of things, if you can provide an experience for your, for your loved ones, Trips, I, it's, I know it, it's expensive. It's not, uh, it, it's not maybe in everyone's budget, but a trip doesn't have to be really, really expensive. I, you know, I, we've got family over right now uh, that are visiting with us, and, and our trip today, you know, um, we're hoping to get out and go for a walk, go out to the Huron Natural Area or go out to uh, uh, the, the Hydro Cut just to get out of the house for a little while and do something, and those are the experiences you're going to remember, and those are the things that uh, are important. And, and, and thanks for putting things into perspective, George, as well, too, talking about the fact that every year, like 2023, and I'm sure 2024, there are the ups and downs. I think this time of the year, we always, you know, we're, we're hopeful. We want to, we want a, a better year ahead of us. And um, part of what makes it uh, that year better is is our own our own attitude, right? We've got to choose our attitude. Grant, what's, uh, what's on your mind today? Thanks for calling in. Well, I just want to, you asked the question about 23. Uh, and uh, what happened? I think uh, on the political side, uh, Doug Ford backed down uh, when it comes to the Greenbelt plan and didn't uh, follow through on his plan, uh, didn't cause another election like it was when uh, Lily Pad was in there. 
And it's like elections cost us uh, millions of dollars, and I'm glad to see the government's trying to work together. Um, uh, when it comes to the feds, uh, I think uh, Trudeau better be damn careful because with his carbon tax, that affects everyone, uh, no matter whether you're... It, it just affects, affects our whole economy. Absolutely it does. It does for sure. And and, and you're right. And, and thanks for, for bringing up those two points, Grant. The idea from a, a provincial standpoint as well as a, a federal standpoint, uh, there are things that, uh, that, that happen and, and we need to be aware of those things. Just that, uh, you know, pay attention, right? And, and we know that when things like the, the Greenbelt uh, issue came up, People paid attention to that, right? And it's the same thing with the carbon tax. It's uh, the, all of these hot-button issues, and it doesn't matter the, your, your political leanings, right? Uh, right or left or centrist or wherever you happen to be, pay attention to, uh, to what's going on. What, uh, what did 2023 mean to you? What, uh, what did it look like to you? If we take a look at a, a year in the review, a lot of things were uh, were going on out there. Uh, you know, legendary Canadian folk singer songwriter Gordon Lightfoot passes away. He was uh, he was uh, you know kind of the voice of of the nation there for a while. We had the writers' strike uh, in down uh, south of the border. Um, you know, we had we had a new king, right? Hey, King Charles! All of a sudden, he's on the throne. And uh, we know the uh, the other the other key thing. The World Health Organization said COVID nineteen no longer qualifies as a global emergency. Clap 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 to, uh, to that. But it's still a global health threat. Pay attention to your bodies, folks. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, wildfires out west, unreal, right? It just, it just, uh, these are the kinds of things that you go, oh yeah, right, remember? And then, and then half of British Columbia is either under a flood watch, they're under a warning or an advisory. Uh, so you've got floods, you've got forest fires, and, uh, and you've got uh, the green belt. Take your pick, right? All of these things that were going on. Um, Mark, you're, uh, you're, you're a patient man. What's on your mind? What did 2023 look like to you? Hi, Brock. I'm in my uh, 60s. And I can't ever remember having a green Christmas and all the way through going into January. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm uh, I'm 54. This is and 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 it, man, oh man, it it has it takes a toll a little bit. You you look outside and you just want to see a little bit of snow maybe, but and and it doesn't look like we're going to get much in the next little while. And it, it it sets a tone. And I don't always think it's a positive one sometimes. Well, I to be honest with you, Brock. I'm liking it. <laughs> you don't have to shovel it, Mark. No shoveling. It makes life easier. Shopping, driving, the whole nine yards. Yeah, and it, I I find the one the one sort of thing that throws me a bit is that I it, it it just seems like my clock is off a little bit. Like I look outside and I go, well, is it two in the afternoon or is it ten o'clock in the morning or is it uh, right? But I, I though, these are small problems. We can deal with those things, can't we? But yeah. Do you? So you never remember a green Christmas either? No, like I can remember, I can remember maybe the day of Christmas it being green, but then getting snow and, and in between the, the, the two, uh, the, you know, uh, Christmas and New Year's and, and traveling and, and having to deal with it. I'd have to go back. I'd have to dig, uh, dig, uh, dig deep, but especially, and, and plus eight, plus 10 and, and uh, rain as well, right? And the fog, it's, it's, uh, it is a bit of a, a shock to the system for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see what uh, January, February brings. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to go unscathed. I think we'll no, still be... <laughs> we're probably not. We're probably going to get hit, hit hard maybe January, February. Absolutely. Mark, okay, thanks so much time. for calling in, and, and good luck with 2024. Kevin, what's uh, what's on your mind today? Hello, hi. Good afternoon. Well, uh, to answer a question regarding uh, 2023, I think that was the worst year in a Canadian federal government operating a country in the history of Canada. All right. What's your what's your thought behind that, Kevin? Give us what's well, what's happened. The reason is this. I mean, the whole country is in a limbo. Economy, prices, mortgage rates. People are losing their home. People cannot afford to buy the necessities. People cannot afford to heat their homes and everything. But at the same time, the government is spending not millions, but billions with the fees to other countries. I'm not saying that, I mean, every country around the world are obliged to do that kind of support. However, first, we have to think of the people who are living here, people who are leaving their homes, their jobs, people who cannot afford to have a turkey on their Christmas dinner. And I mean, this is sad. I mean, how, I mean, I can look at other countries, they're all like helping, but the Justin Trudeau's government is just spending like a lottery money. Like they want a lottery and just want to like go to a casino and they just spend it like crazy. Schools, education, I mean, everything is in a limbo. And I think that is the worst thing. I've been in Canada for over 41 years. And I've lived with different governments and different parties, but this has been the worst. And I hope we change very soon before we lose the country. I appreciate the call, and I appreciate your sentiment as well, too, Kevin. That You're absolutely right. It's difficult for us to see uh, people going without, right? And then uh, and that, that uh, where funds are, are, are going to other countries. It is not, it's a fine line. I would not want to be in that, in that situation as, as a government, as an individual to make those decisions. Uh, and, and if you, if you take sort of that isolationist view and you look just at Canada, um, we know that the, the, there are, there are, there's fallout through that as well too. So, do I have all the answers? No, not at all. I just uh, I just get to ask the questions. But it's it, it it is it's a challenge, and it's also difficult for us to be able to see um, see the, the benefit. We un- we understand that you know there are, there are places around the world uh, where you know we are we are we tend to be the haves. Not everybody, I know that, but uh, uh, you know, it, from a general standpoint, we tend to be the haves and, and are often asked to to help the have-nots. We do have to look at our own people uh, and 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 you know, dealing with things, housing, right, uh, social issues, dealing with uh, you know how treatment of of uh, of uh, indigenous populations, treatment of uh, you know things like water treatment. You you, you think, and I, I've used this example before. You know, here we are, less than an hour's drive from uh, a community where uh, there is no clean water. The clean water is is sent to the hospital and the clean water is sent to the school. Everybody else either has to boil their water or they have to go and buy their water. How is that possible in a community in in southern Ontario 
uh, where where that's the case. And, and I, I look at things through a, a little bit of a different lens. When I when I first started uh, teaching, my wife and I traveled up to northern Manitoba, and we taught in an indigenous community up there. Where and that's going back 26 years ago. There was a boil water advisory when we were there 26 years ago. That boil water advisory is still in place 26 years ago. Yeah. There are uh, there are lots of things that we need to to look at, and but I, I I applaud Kevin for for bringing that up and 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 saying what a lot of people think right the idea of pulling the reins we help out help out the people that are next door and I, and I get that I really do um, it's it 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 it's a tough one but George Grant Mark Kevin you saved the day. Because De- Devin and I were talking, I said, give me three phone calls, just three, and that'll get me through. Um, it means the world to me. It means the world. You're tuning in and listening and, and, and following along as well, too. Uh, going back to uh, some of the other things we talked about today, that hashtag five to survive, I'm going to tell you, I've been back on the website. We have had... Dun, dun, dun. If it's just us, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we can take some credit for this. We have bumped that number up by four since uh, noon today. All right. So the goal is to get ten thousand signatures on that uh, on, on the uh, the document they want to submit. There's a French version as well too. All you need to do is put your name, first and last name, your email address. Everything else is already typed up there for you. You just have to click add your voice, and it is going to get sent off uh, to, your, uh, to, to your local government people. And I'll tell you, it just says, I am part of a united group of advocates from across Ontario comprised of people who have an intellectual disability, their families and loved ones and allies, wherever you fall into that category. Uh, we are deeply concerned the developmental services sector is facing critical challenges that require urgent action from the provincial government. We're requesting an immediate 5% increase. Uh, base funding, as well as a corresponding 5% increase in passport funding, special services at home. And without a minimum of 5% increase in funding, those agencies will have to cut even more of their services. This will leave the 100,000 people with intellectual disabilities just here in, in Ontario, in this province, and their families in grave circumstances. Please act uh, on our call for an immediate increase in funding. Uh, hashtag 5 to survive now. Um, when we when we first mentioned the story back at the top of uh, the sh- the show today, uh, there were two thousand one hundred and eighty nine people signed up. It's now two thousand one hundred and ninety three. So four, just like the number of people that had called in. Chris, you've been patient. What's on your mind? Yeah, twenty twenty three. Surprised how the region rubber stamped almost every skyscraper building any anything uh, like I've never seen before. Whether we need it or not, I mean. Uh- that they're 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 going gangbusters on building whatever they can, whether it impacts a neighborhood or not. Uh, nobody has a say anymore in anything. Uh, you know, some people did buy houses in, in smaller neighborhoods for a reason. Uh, but anyways, I just noticed that all of a sudden, you know, like 30, 40, 50 story buildings uh, in the past year have um, been rubber stamped for the go ahead. Like, like, like I've never seen before. And 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 you bring up a great point, Chris. Thanks for the call. The idea and 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 just looking at looking at your your window here in KW, uh, you know, for years, what was the tallest building you had around? The, like the Manulife building, something like that, downtown or the BMO building. Now it's uh, 
they're everywhere. And I get I get the under, the understanding, you know, we've got to build up instead of out, but it has a huge impact on on obviously on the skyline, uh, but also on on what how we are perceived as a community. Um, some people are really excited by the by the look of uh, of the city, uh, the way it's changing. But not everybody. And uh, and and I'm going to count Chris in that uh, in that category. Uh, listen, we are uh, we need to, we do need to take a quick break. I think uh, this this has gone through, and this is awesome. I, we appreciate it. Uh, but feel free; you can still give us a call five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five star five seventy on your cell. You can also call toll free one eight hundred. 570-5715. Coming to the top of the hour, so what's going to happen is this. Three o'clock, we are going to have a chat with well-known social media influencer, Stuart Reynolds, but he's known to you as Brittle Star. Going to talk about his book, uh, Welcome to the Stupid Apocalypse, the survival tips for the Dumageddon. I have my own copy. I'll loan it to you. No, I won't. Go out and get your own copy because that's what it's going to be all about. 3.30, we're going to talk some uh, some basketball with David Schooley. But right now, we do have to pay some bills, and we'll do that. Devin, I'm going to let you do all the things that you need to do and the buttons that you need to push, uh, and we'll get all that stuff taken care of. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. We've got just the minutes before we will have an update from the City News News Center. So in that minute, a couple of things. Stick around for 3 o'clock when I have a chat with Brittle Star, Stuart Reynolds from Stratford, Ontario. If you've ever seen any of his videos, any of his commercials, you get it. He is, uh, he is something else. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. Uh, we'll chat with uh, with Brittle Star at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30 today, we're going to talk basketball with David Schooley and all of the exciting things going on with the KW Titans. Their season kicks off on Saturday, the 30th. And uh, KW Titans, uh, Canada's first not-for-profit professional basketball team. So David and his wife, Kate, took over the team just over a year ago. One year later, they have restructured the organization to be 100% not-profit and we want to talk with them as well, too. So uh, still lots of time to take your calls as well. You feel free to, uh, to give us a call anytime. 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell or toll free 1-800-570-5715. Let's take a break. We'll get an update from the City News News Center. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. If you're looking for an earworm, you've found it. Stuart Reynolds hails from Stratford. He's better known in social media circles as Brittle Star. If you've seen any of his content, well, you just heard some of his content just there. You get it. Stuart and I are both of an age. I won't say what that age is. Uh, he constantly inspires folks uh, my age and younger and older to remember things. It's never too late to start making TikTok videos. 
And it's never too late to, to stop taking yourself so seriously. Welcome to the show, Stuart. Brock, great to be here. Uh, are you kind of glad this year is ending? I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's, there's been some good stuff that's happened as well. And it, it, that's that weird thing about as you come to the end of the year, you sort of think, well, surely we'll get a second shot at it. And I mean, you kind of do. You get a second shot every day. There's no magic thing about the end of the year. But I like to maybe, you know, try to trick myself into that, into that thought process. So. <laughs> uh, congratulations on the release of your book, Stupid Apocalypse: Survival Tips for the Dumbageddon. Uh, Thank you. No problem. Listen, uh, currently, I don't know if you knew this or not, you are ranked, that book is ranked third most gifted book in uh, political humor on Amazon.ca, right behind a book about talking to your cat about gun safety, <laughs> <laughs> and another book about the greatness of the current prime minister. That's... I think you, you know, I think that uh, Charles Dickens, I think he was up against a, co- uh, a book about teaching your cat. Tale of two kitties, I think, is what it was. Oh, see, that's why you—that's why you are who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I actually gifted myself a copy, which was uh, a lovely Christmas present. Uh, Thanks for writing it. And and interestingly enough, I I, and and I'm sure this is this. I'm not the only one. I heard your voice as I read it. It was you telling me that story. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. First of all, thank you because I get a little cut of that sales. That's nice. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, it was the idea was to create something that was just not too far of a jump from what I'm doing on social media as it is. The sort of direct to camera uh, videos where I'll talk about something and try to make fun of something and try to help digest some, you know, some stuff that's maybe hard to to figure out or just you don't know exactly where people stand on the issue. So yeah, I'm glad. And, and I know you're, you're quick to point out in the book, you're not out to bash the quote-unquote right, right? Yeah. More, more so focusing on folks of all political stripes and, and, and stupidities. Um, I, I guess the question is, is there hope for us to avoid Dumbageddon? <laughs> well, I mean, we're already kind of in it. What's really funny <laughs> is that uh, last year, I finished writing the book last year, and at the beginning of this year, in January, I was thinking, oh, no, maybe things are going to be, like, maybe the world's going to be smart. By right. the time the book's actually released. And then I was I was pleased to find out that that wasn't the case. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's still lots of reasons to read the book. But, you know, exactly. It's, I mean, there's this notion of left and right. It's like it's, they're not clubs. There's no membership card. No. We're just people. We're just making decisions on individual issues, and that's it. So, a- Another key takeaway from the book, too, is we don't have to get angry about everything. Why, why do you think we do that? And, and are, are you of the same mindset that I am, that I have to keep reminding myself not to, to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's one of the things that social media, social media is amazing, but one of the things that social media has done, one of the negative things, is it has rewarded us and trained us to react to everything. You know, it's the idea of, like, someone posts about get, having a new baby, and you better click like, or you're a monster. Right. Yeah, posting a picture of a new puppy, and you better click like and comment, cute puppy, or you're even worse. Uh, I mean, it's, it's that idea of, like, you have to react, and you get the little animation of the heart or whatever it happens. And now we feel like we have to get angry about everything. We feel like everything is like a manifesto. It's like, no, these are all just, you know, social media posts are largely digital flatulence is what it is. Just wow. Like, you, don't, you don't have to respond to everything. I like that, I like that quote, digital flatulence. I, I mean, you're, you're stuck right in the middle of that. This is, this is your career. And, 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 yeah. and I, I, I want to try and picture what it would be like, the, uh, you know, a regular day for Brittle Star. Are you using up your, the, the battery life on your phone by, <laughs> by 10 a.m.? Or do you need to take a break and step back from, from, from those kinds of things? 
I think it's really important to take a break uh, and step back because, again, you don't have to react to everything. That said, just the nature of what I do and trying to do these satirical videos and posts and stuff, you know, I'll see a video and it'll be, you know, a politician and I'll be like, oh, man, I have to do something for this. And, you know, this, I, I didn't want to make anything today, but now I have to. And I have that exact shirt, so I have to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but you do have to take those breaks. You have to, again, remind yourself, you don't have to react to everything. We didn't in the past, and we were fine, so don't worry about it. Uh, uh, your wife, your partner in crime, she's along for, for the ride in the book. There's a section, uh, Marriage is Wonderful. I love the tip, the survival tip. It says, there can be no secrets in a marriage except for all the ones that need to be kept secret. Um uh, <laughs> does she ground you? Not not in the bad way, but does she ground? Like who who is she in in your world? Yeah, we call our living room uh, the place where ideas come to die. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's basically you know Shannon is fantastic. She's she's the she's the 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 pinprick to the pomposity of my ego is what she is. So yeah, she she keeps me firmly planted in the ground to make sure my head doesn't get too big. So it's good. It's it's a nice, healthy relationship, and that uh, you know I, I can't get carried away. My ego would be unstoppable otherwise. And and it's important. You have, you've got you know, there's boundaries. You've got those boundaries. You might not impose them yourself, but Shannon might impose them to you. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you shouldn't post that. I hear that a lot. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I, and I, and I, I, you know, we live similar lives and the fact that I often have to, well, my wife suggests that I run the ideas that I'm having through her first. <laughs> <laughs> See, then, then and I would get nothing done. Nothing yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, can, you can't do that. You, you don't, you, it's, the, you, you know, this is, this is creative genius at work over here. Exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, books sometimes get turned into movies. Any, any nibbles there at all? Not yet. Uh, I mean, it is a book of essays, so it'd be pretty disjointed. But I have been talking to a, a friend who was like, we should make a musical of this. And I was like, that, that sounds bizarre, but I think that sounds kind of fun. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so why not? I mean, who, who knows? And also, who cares? Just have fun and make <laughs> fun stuff. Uh, your two boys have followed in your footsteps as well. What, what are they up to right now? Yeah, no, they're both. Uh, it's funny because we, we, you know, we've had them home for Christmas, which is great. But I mean, they're both uh, young men, which is amazing. That you know, one of them is twenty one, the other one's twenty four. Uh, the older one is very involved in audio production and podcast production, award winning podcast producer, and the youngest one is very successful in social media. Uh, much more successful than I am. Not that I'm bitter about that whatsoever. <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, it's great to have them back, and it's really fun because you know, you you if you're fortunate enough, like we have been. Uh, you go from being parents, and you never stop being parents. And they always, they're always your kids, but at the same time, you're like, I kind of like these people. Yeah, great. yeah. I mean, that's, which is great. So. I, I remember the, you know, the definition of success is when your adult children want to hang out with you. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Right? Like it happens you're... rarely, but you've got to cherish those brief moments. <laughs> uh, you've mentioned before, social media really, really helped turn things around for you and your family, you know, back in, 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 your, in your early 40s and so on. Did you ever imagine you'd, this is where you'd end up when, when you started making those uh, the little five-second videos uh, back in the no. day when Vine was still around? No, absolutely not. I mean, I think that we were, people often ask me, like, when did you know when to quit your job? And it's like, I had no job to quit. Right. We were desperately in need of money. So it was, it was like a Hail Mary for us. Yeah. Um, and thankfully it worked out. But I mean, uh, it's, there was no way you could have planned for this whatsoever. And, and I remember thinking back at the time, I, I can't, 
I don't know what's ahead. I don't know what's in this. I don't know how I can make this profitable. I don't know how this is going to pay for a family of four. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to do. It's making me feel good. It seems to be getting some traction, and people seem to enjoy it. So there must be something there, and then thankfully there was, which is good. And and it, it's it's led to some pretty amazing connections. I mean, you 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 connected with your long lost cousin Ryan Reynolds, right? <laughs> he he wrote the Ryan, foreword to the book. Yeah, Exactly, and a, a very heartfelt forward, which is very nice. And he will be the first to tell you that we're not related. So, <laughs> that's that's too bad for him, you know. Like it I, I I've I've noticed the last six months or so, he he is kind of riding your coattails a little bit. He really has. I mean, it's a bad career decision on his part no. to not to just own up to it, but or at least lie about it. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, Twenty twenty four is around the corner. What's uh, what's up next for Brittle Star? I mean, it's it's one of the interesting things about working in social media is the landscape is constantly changing. Yeah. So the plans that we had, you know, we'll do this, you know, six months ago, we're like, we'll do this in the new year. And it's like, well, that might not be worth doing now. We should probably do this instead, uh, which is exciting for me. I think that, you know, I, I, I need a little bit of routine, but at the same time, I also like really like being able to sort of get up in the morning and go, this is what I'm going to pursue today. And I'm going to keep going that way and see what, and see what hits. Uh, and I mean, and never in history have you been able to create something and put it out to the masses so easily before. So I mean, it's it's wonderful. And, and it, I mean, you 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 seem to be able to sniff around the corner and, and see what's going. I think back to 2020, and I remember, uh, you know, right at the beginning of lockdown, and it was you know that morning show thing that kind of got us through. Like my my wife and I would just sit right. there. And, and, and look at that and, and I'm like, yeah, this guy gets it. And, and it, you know, then it, then that morphs into, to, uh, to other things as well, too. Uh, this is, you know, just kind of off the cuff. When you're producing the things that you're working on, is that all done at home or have you got a studio somewhere that you work or do you do all of your work out of the house? It's all out of the house. Yeah. Uh, we like we converted our garage into like a little mini sound, sound stage with green screens, lighting rigs, and costumes and props and all that kind of stuff that we've built up over the past ten years. Um, and then I have a little music studio downstairs, which I can do any audio stuff down there. So yeah, I mean it's 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 exactly the little dream I had when I was a teenager, thinking you know I just want to be able to make stuff in my basement, which I kind of do. So that's great. And and prior to this, I mean you you had been involved in theater and and comedy and all of those kinds of things. Did you draw off of that quite often? I mean, what's interesting is that comedy was brand new to me. I mean, when I started doing this, I I mean I thought I thought it was kind of funny when we go with friends. I could make people laugh. And part of growing up in a Scottish family is you have to be good at telling at least a couple of stories. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think that when I got into it more more seriously and tried to make an effort, I realized I had to learn what comedy was. Like, why do people laugh at things? Right. Why do people enjoy things? And then, because what's funny to me might not be funny to you, but if I find a way to expand that, some of you relate to, then we both get to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and 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 it's it's one of those things where you you found your you you, you know you, we we were talking earlier today with uh, with a young uh, gentleman who is you know uh, he's in his late twenties and he's he he works uh, for the for a regional government but then uh, he makes documentary films about uh, World War Two right. uh, uh, you know uh, pilots and you you find your passion and if you can combine that. Um, with with it, you know, it turns into making a living for you as well, too. Like, kudos to you, and, and you're able to move forward with that. That's awesome. I think the biggest goal for me and, and the biggest reward for me, and it's probably the same for the, for the documentary filmmaker, is that uh, if you can create something that brings other people joy or value or has utility for them or function for them, I mean, that's pretty, you're pretty lucky. I mean, much the same as you're doing the show on the radio. It's like this is bringing solace to people. This is bringing... 
uh, entertainment and fun, and that's providing them a break from their lives and, and maybe helping them percept, you know, change their perceptions or form a better version of, of where they want to go and what they want to be. I mean, that's phenomenal. How fortunate are we to be able to do that? Absolutely. Thanks for putting it in that, in that context. I appreciate that too, Stuart. Uh, listen, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know that uh, you're a busy individual. You've got to go out and you've got to leapfrog that cat book. And take top spot. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a tough competitor. I mean, I'd buy it. Thanks so much for joining us today, and and good luck with everything in 2024. And and I hope Shannon, you know, is is still the the the, the balloon popper, but you know, <laughs> but it allows you to have a little bit of fun anyway. Well, occasionally she does. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on, Brock. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, too. That was Stuart Reynolds, also known as Brittle Star, from Stratford, Ontario. Interesting story with him. Uh, in his early 40s, he decides that uh, things need to change, and he starts to make social media content. And you can, you can mine the Internet, and you'll find hundreds of videos, thousands of videos. You've got the, the things that he talks about are all... Uh, they're all timely. He takes a, a look at uh, what's going on in the world around him and, uh, and puts a, the humorous spin on it. And, and as he said there, he had to learn how, you know, what makes people laugh and why do we laugh at those things and where do we go from there? And uh, I, it's, it's a great opportunity to talk with him. Um, if you haven't had a chance to, to see anything or, or, uh, or hear him, brittle star, all one word, go onto the internet, look him up. Um, He's uh, and he and he's he's a down to earth guy, right? He's he's your neighbor over in Stratford, and uh, just just you know creating some content out in the garage. I don't know what it's like for his neighbors, but uh, I would think it's uh, it's a pretty sweet gig. You find something that 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 you want to do, and and you're happy to do it, and it doesn't feel like work, right? That's the ultimate. Uh, give us a call five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five star five seventy on your cell. You can also reach us toll-free, 1-800-570-5715. Let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we've got some time to hear what you've got to say. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. Uh, we got a few minutes before uh, we have to take a break and get an update from the, uh, the, from the News Center. Uh, just had a lovely chat with Stuart Reynolds, also known as Brittle Star, uh, living his life and and uh, just a, an, an opportunity to uh, to really uh, get kind of into what what you know what he does and what life is all about. Uh, Terry, you've been very very patient. What's on your mind today? Hey, hi Brock. Uh, I didn't even know you were on, man. I uh, I checked yesterday at nine o'clock. Turned the radio on. There was nothing going on except news. I go, oh, well, maybe they took the week off. And then this afternoon, I turned the onto the station and you're on. So. Well, the, and it, yeah, things are things have been mixed up. The uh, the normal show that runs in the afternoon, he, the, that gentleman is on uh, hiatus as well between Christmas and New Year and uh, the folks uh, reached out and asked me if I would do a show today and tomorrow from noon till 4 and I was uh, more than happy to to oblige and uh, yeah, it, spread the word. I'll be back again tomorrow and I I, I love uh, I love what I get to do. I don't know if you had a chance to hear uh, earlier on Terry, we had uh, I know you're a big sports fan. Uh, we had um, Rob Thompson, the manager of the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, was on earlier today and had a great chat with him. So, yeah, there, if, if you don't get a chance to listen to it right now, folks, tonight, uh, Devin's going to go on. He'll turn it into a podcast and he'll put it up on uh, uh, the Farwell Show. Check it out. What's on well, your mind, Terry? 
No, I uh, I didn't hear. I when I uh, turned the radio on or caught the radio, you were interviewing uh, uh, the the Blue Jay Hunter guy. Oh right, Ian. So, yes. So so I, I caught the tail end of that interview, but no, about this Rob Thompson. Uh, I, I, I would have looked forward to it. Yeah, uh, great guy. He, once again, they came short, but he's been doing a good job. Yeah, and they've just they've just extended his contract so through twenty twenty five. So I mean, they see something they like, right? So uh, it's well, that uh, was a mistake. That was a mistake hiring uh, what's his name, Jordy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, and I and I think the man, that the man wins coach manager of the year a few years ago with the, the Marlins, and then he gets fired the same year. So yeah. what does that tell you? Right. <laughs> something was something wasn't, but it, it sounds to me, and 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 you know it, that that I don't know. Rob seems to have the ear of the players, and and he just uh, he he goes about his business very very business like, very very quiet you know way. But uh, they they've responded to him. Yeah, it seems like that, yeah, like that anyway, yeah. because you know he doesn't seem to be one of these uh, you know uh, guys uh, who scream and shout like no. some coaches or managers he seems to be a good communicator which is which is key eventually you know the players are eventually going to you know like any any uh sports team they're eventually going to tune you out down the road but uh, you know it's like they you know that old saying brock a manager or coach is hired to be fired yeah absolutely but but, uh, just a quick question for i let you go how do you think the Chiefs will do this year say that again sorry how do you think the Blue Jays will? will you know, and, and and Ian and I talked a bit about that. I I think the American League East is always, or it has been the last couple of years. It's uh, it's a struggle to keep uh, you know to get to the top of that. You've got in there a whole bunch of strong uh, strong teams, so there aren't you know gone are the days where you know the the, the Rays are at the bottom of the barrel. At uh, I I think they've got themselves if they can get maybe. Uh, another big bat. I know it's it's getting a little thin out there right now, but another big bat. Maybe we'll see some more playoff ball, and I and I don't uh, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, the thing that uh, you know, like um, nobody expected Baltimore to do it. They nope. did, even though they they kind of you know crapped themselves in the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but the Yankees are kind of I don't know the 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 young Steinbrenner there. It's only that runs the team right now. He doesn't seem to be as passionate as his old man was. So it's perfect for them to for the Jays to actually do something now yeah. that the Yankees are down and who knows Baltimore could just have, could have been just a flash in the pan and and, and everything's there for him to take but uh, Here's we'll hoping. see. <laughs> yeah, have a, yeah, happy New Year to you, Brock. Happy New Year to you too, Terry. Thanks for calling in. Uh we're coming to the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, we're going to talk with David Schooley and we're going to talk KW Titans basketball. You're listening to the Mike Farwell show on City News Kitchener. Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing, Mike Farwell. Never fear, Mike will be back behind the mic next week. I'll be here uh, again tomorrow. Devin and I will be uh, teaming up again to uh, to do another live show 
noon till four. Tell your friends, because as Terry was saying, he was thinking that uh, it was a recorded show. We don't want that. We want to get the word out there. I'll keep doing my part on all my social media platforms and, and my, you know, the four friends that I have. And Devin's going to do what he can do as well, too. Uh, KW Titans, Canada's first not-for-profit professional basketball team. David and Kate Schooley took over the team just over a year ago, back in November of 2022. One year later, they restructure things, the organization, and it becomes a 100% not-for-profit Uh, which means that they're channeling any proceeds into youth sports here in the community. And uh, David joins us today as the team's season opener is this Saturday. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, Brock. How are you? I'm well. Thanks so much for joining us. You know what this feels like? It feels like deja vu. I was going to say, it's it's been about a year. I I, Honestly, I think you and I were chatting uh, almost exactly a year ago. Well, and I, I got to tell you, I'm a sports fan. I love uh, supporting uh, the local teams as well, too. And when Mike's away and Brock gets to play, I, they give me a little bit of leeway as to, well, who do, who do you want to talk to? I'm like, oh, let me leave that to me. Yeah. I've got a lot of people that I want to chat with, and David Schooley is one of them. Um, last year we talked, you know, being a team owner wasn't really always on your bucket list, but here you are. What's the, what's the last uh, year been like? Um, you know what? I have to tell you, it's been a lot of fun. I bet. Really, it um, it's been um, so exciting. We've we've put so many new things in place uh, with the team. You know, the the team is now in the community twelve months of the year, mm-hmm. right? We we uh, we structured a new a partnership with uh, Three Rivers uh, YMCA. Uh, so if you're if you're a teen and you're dropping in to, to play basketball at one of their locations, um, you're going to be – all of those uh, are co-led by a Titans, right, by a Titan, either a coach or a, one, of, uh, one of our professionals out there. Uh, so that's, uh, that's kept us busy. You know, we yeah. did a, a five-city food drive challenge, um, um, just putting new things in place for the this season uh, it's all really really exciting stuff when you go back to that idea of uh, you know your connection with three rivers that's not a one off that you know kids that are going to stop in there every every week are going to start to build uh, rapport and relationship with these players and with these coaches and and uh, and also look to those people and say hey that could be me someday Absolutely. So you know, it's it's an incredible mentoring opportunity, right? Um, yeah. They, the Y sees somewhere between six and eight hundred kids a week in you know teens in those drop-in programs, and you know uh, we're we're fostering a new relationship with the city of Kitchener as well, and we're hoping to um, you know be able to get our our players and coaches out into those uh, community center programs. Uh, so we just need to get that scheduled in. Um, so the Titans are here 12 months of the year. And, and I, I know you've got nothing but time on your, on your calendar, Dave, because you don't have anything else on the go. Uh, maybe just your picture on the, you know, the side of buses and, and, yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. But that's, that's, you know, that's just a little side hustle well, that you got going on there. Right. Uh, so, you know what, um, Real estate is, is uh, you know, it, we, we're celebrating 20 years in the industry. Um, Congrats on that. And, you know, we've got, I mean, the, the beauty of the Titans is we have an incredible um, management and leadership team. 
So um, I'm I get to do interviews with you, and there's <laughs> other people that are you know managing the day to day operations, and we have such an incredible team of of uh, of leaders and volunteers. Uh, so uh, real estate is, uh, you know, I'm always happy to talk about real estate. It's a little quieter, <laughs> believe it or not, between Christmas and New Year. I can uh, imagine, yeah. People have spent great. enough money on other things, right? Yes, it's a great time to have a, a season home opener, <laughs> maybe on Saturday. Well, and, and, and that's, you've mentioned before, you know, this is the highest level of basketball outside of the NBA. Yeah. You're, you're bringing this, this, this entertaining level of, of sport to the community. Uh, what impact does a guy like Jawan Miller have when you've got a, when you've got a hometown guy connected Juani. to a team? Yeah, Juani, you know what? Um, he is, he is crazy fast. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he has a fan base here in Kitchener, and that's really exciting. Um, you know, and he's um, – this is going to be his fourth season playing for uh, for the his hometown team, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, congratulations to Juan, um, new father recently, right? Wow. Found baby boy. Now right? he's going to have – yeah, the, same again. Yeah. Lots of time on his hands. No, yeah, not oh, so well, much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Lots of time on his hands. But, uh, yeah, so – our roster is, we're really excited about the roster this year. I was looking over the roster with my kids yesterday, and mm-hmm. tell me about a seven-footer from France. What do, oh, what do we need to know Axel. about this guy? My friend Axel. So yes. um, we, brought, we actually brought Axel in about six or eight weeks ago. Okay. Um, and uh, so he's been working with uh, our coaching staff for, for uh from October, I think, when we first brought him in. Um, he's seven feet, oh and he is uh, he's, he's uh, a, a force to be reckoned. I bet. Plus, yeah. he's just a, a wonderful young man. I would, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it, 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 from any interviews and those kinds of things that I've seen, yeah, he seems like a, a nice young man, but don't, but don't anger him on the court. So, so th- you know what, what? The team that we're building, and, and you know, um, Cliff and I and Kate... You know, we're all on the same page. This is this is a culture, you know, we're, that we built, and and players are excited to come and play here, just because of the culture that has been built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from from season one, and you know, we we are very proud to carry that on. So, you know, we've we've got players here. We've got a great combination of players like Jalen Tate, um, Kurt Hollis. And uh, you know everybody's favorite Dexter Williams Jr. from somebody <laughs> who was our nemesis, and you know uh, we've got some great seasoned players. Yeah. Anthony Anthony Lee, he just you know we brought him over. He was playing in Kosovo, I think. Uh, so we've got a great um, group of seasoned players, and we have some rookies that are um, you know Marky Malsby. Uh, He's. This is his first pro uh, opportunity. Wow. So what we have to remember is all of these guys came through the you know the highest level of basketball in the U.S. Right. And so he's uh, he's a rookie one. Um, D Barnes uh, again, um, uh, first time out. Darian Jones, six foot ten. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're we're excited to see him <laughs> play. And the energy that these these young men have together um, is really, it's powerful. 
And and you, you, when you look at the the league, so the basketball super league, you've got you've got you know the Kitchener team, you've got London, you got Windsor, you got Sudbury and Montreal and St. John's. But right. then you also have worked into the schedule, and this is what this is where things were taking off last year with the basketball league. So so south of the border, getting some of those other teams in there as well too. Um, right. I mean that that brings energy and that brings excitement to uh, to the stands as well. When you're you're not always seeing the same the same right. familiar faces, you've got some some new faces in there. Um, what I would think that that might make for some long road trips for these guys, but I'm sure they can handle it. Um, you know what? Uh, so. <laughs> road trips uh our our longest haul is to newfoundland what which you know we we had two teams that that um were two u.s uh teams that were going to be part of the league this year but they just couldn't get their venue dates in time and we promised we promised the the fans that we would have our schedule out by a certain time We were still a little tiny bit late there um, because we, you know, the, the the U.S. teams couldn't get their their venues in place. So we are traveling to Newfoundland for oh three games. Exciting, so, and it just that's an opportunity, and and what an, an amazing opportunity, not only for. Uh, for the guys on the team, but also for the for the community in Newfoundland to say, hey, we've look who's coming in, and, and these guys are from the big city, and uh, they know a few things about basketball as well. Yeah, you know what, Tony, the uh, the uh, team market owner out in in Newfoundland is a great guy, and we're we're excited to go out there. Um, you know, I haven't been to Newfoundland since I was in my twenties, um, so I'm excited to see St. John. That's awesome. Um, and uh, we have a couple of trips to Montreal. We have 13 different teams coming to play Amazing. Uh, in KW. So, you know, it's, it's, you're right. There's going to be an incredible variety of, of, uh, of uh, teams to come and watch and, and get excited about. And, and I think that we, you know, working with the odd this year, we've, we've gotten some exceptional dates yeah. And I think it's the best schedule that the that the that the team has ever had. Well, speaking of date, speaking of dates, this Saturday home opener, Saturday, December thirtieth. So uh, we get the first game in the in the old year, and then the rest of the season unfolds. Any tricks up your sleeve for Saturday? Anything? Any well, anything people okay, should be paying so attention to? You're going to hear it here first. All right. Um, we just released a bunch of seats for uh, Saturday's game that we've been holding. All right. Um, so if you've been waiting, uh, there's some new seats that we just uh, released. So um, the city of Kitchener is our sponsor um, uh, for, for home opener. We're very excited about that. Um, you know, we, we did, uh, we did a, a program with, uh, with the Catholic school board. Mm-hmm. So, um, those kids should be looking at their tickets and seeing if they can, you know, if they can get mom and dad out to a game. <laughs> we have three games while while everybody is still in the Christmas break. So Perfect. We've got the 2nd of January. We've got the 7th of January. So, um, you know, we're come on out and see what it's like um, if you haven't been out before. Uh, professional basketball that uh, you, you know, you don't even have to pay for parking at the odds. No. No, and and you're home in five minutes, ten minutes, yeah. right? Yeah, you're not fighting the traffic. Right. So you know what? Um, we went up to uh, to a Raptors game last year, and you know, which was terrific. Except um, I was so far away from the game, it yeah. was hard for me to see yeah. <laughs> to see the numbers. Um, here, 
uh, you can hear the squeak of the shoes. You know, <laughs> there's not a bad seat in the yacht, right? There, you know, and uh, the venue uh, is pretty incredible. You know, you can uh, for you can buy a family four pack and for. Twenty dollars a seat, and 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 it's a night out, right? And and the the nice yeah. thing is, it's uh, it it's it's entertainment. It's you know, it's it's uh, it's not it's not uh, you know, you're not just sitting sitting there. It's you're you're involved in what's going on around you as well, too. Right, and uh, and all of those things are 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 pretty key for uh, uh, for, for to to develop those. And and we were talking about this earlier on, actually, the idea of experiences right where right. it's not it's not maybe necessarily a, a, you know, a physical gift under the tree but you're gonna you're not gonna forget that now you talk about the fact that you know you've got this great team and everything else I, w- I happen to be on the website right now I'm looking at the apparel because I'm a big hoodie kind of guy okay. and it says online will be picked up from David Schooley so are you are you trying to tell me that you're making up t-shirts in your in your spare time as well sure, as- that's what we're doing okay uh, no you know what we <laughs> So anybody that does online orders can pop by my office on Victoria Street, and you know we're trying. You know we're still a small operation yeah. here, right? Yeah. We, you know, uh, we're not the Raptors yet. Um, not yet. You know, we we uh, we want to keep it um, intimate, I guess you could say. <laughs> yes. So, or you can you know come out to a game and 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 get the best merch possible. But All right. You, you can order it online, and uh, there's a lot of great varieties there. Um, I think what we what we really want to drive home is, um, unlike uh, a lot of sports, um, if there's a, a 15 point difference and there's two minutes left in the game, yeah. you better not leave. No, it's not over yet. It's well, not over until it's if over. You watch any basketball anywhere, you know that you know the last two minutes can be the absolute most exciting two minutes ever. Absolutely. In a game, so. We've we've seen a lot of a lot of uh, uh, lead changes in that last two minutes that are are a little bit nerve wracking, but you get forty eight minutes um, of actual play. The games are a couple of hours, and. Um, you will not be you you you'll be on the edge of your seat i'm looking forward to it and and as soon as i'm done the show i'm going to put in my order i'll stop by your office and pick it up and then and then maybe buy buy some more merch when i'm at the game listen david thanks so much for giving us some of your time today and and good luck with this season and uh, and i can hear it in your voice this is this is uh pretty near and dear to your heart yeah we're so excited right you know we 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 really hope that uh, you know the the fans come out and experience it once. If I get you out once, you're coming back. I like that tagline. We're gonna go. We're gonna. We'll end on there. <laughs> have a great uh, have a great New Year, and we'll talk yeah. again soon. You as well. Thanks, okay. David. Take care. Right. Bye bye. David Schooley, connected CEO. He and his wife uh, connected to the uh, the KW Titans, and uh, as I said, you can hear it in his voice. This is uh, this is uh, high level basketball. It's in your backyard. It is reasonably priced. You are not spending an arm and a leg. You are not spending time on the four hundred one uh, to get into Toronto. Go, if if you want to watch some basketball, I mean, it's fine to sit at home and watch it. Uh, but as David was saying, you, you come and watch a, a Titans game. You're right there, right? You're right in the action. And uh, pretty important uh, for us to to always support the, the the local teams that are out there. So Saturday is their is their uh, their home opener. Um, as I was just saying, I'm on their on their website right now, looking at uh, looking at their clothing and um, 
haven't ordered anything yet, right? But I'll, I'll just wait and see. Saturday night, uh, 7 p.m., they're going to be playing the Sudbury Five. Uh, David mentioned that there are some other games, especially during the, uh, the, the, uh, the holiday break for kids. Tuesday, uh, January the 2nd, 7 p.m., game against the London uh, Lightning. They play down in London on the 6th. And then they come back here a Sunday afternoon game right before everybody heads back to school against the Pontiac Pharaohs. That's on January the 7th at 2 p.m. Uh, Sunday afternoon game. So great, uh, great sport out there. Great, great opportunity to get yourselves involved in, uh, in, in cheering on uh, the local guys. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got a few minutes. Maybe you want to ask us a question. Give us a call, 519 570 2545 star 570 on your cell or toll free 1-800-570-5715. You're listening to the Mike Farwell show on City News Kitchener.